Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on, people? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I'm your host, of course, Jelani Brown. My co-host, Dad, Gis Bill, would be with us a little bit later. He's just getting out of class. But, you know, definitely here, definitely excited. Um, Me and Dad are going to be venturing into a new sport that we really haven't done much of before, but very excited to do so with with our guy, off-the-ball fellow, uh, off-the-ball network fellow co, um, you know, co-worker and uh, just friend overall. We call him the sports guru. He knows pretty much about all sports, but he's, you know, tagged as the hockey guy for Off the Ball Network. But all in all, definitely excited to be talking with him today. Mr. Jurgen Coney, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing very good. I'm excited. I've been excited about this. We've been talking about it off air. I've been excited for, mm-hmm. about this for a few days now. Uh, I know going on your guys side, like a lot of you guys have always been like kind of kind of joking, kind of serious. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we, we got to learn more about hockey. And I'm very excited to go on here and talk, talk just general puck with you guys mm-hmm. is is going to be a good one i already know it yeah of course of course like i said um you know i i watch here and there i've seen here and there i haven't been to a game um they took the thrashers away from us when i was you know somewhere in my teens i don't remember um i know they moved to canada so that definitely put a, a stint on me learning anything about hockey really um but definitely glad i got got you here to teach me all there is to know about it um and definitely excited for today's show and especially the game that we're going to be playing at the end that we'll get to um, most people but first things first uh Got to pay some bills in a way. Definitely want to shout out Manscaped for sponsoring the network, sponsoring the show today. That's why I got him as the logo. Um, if you go to off the ball or if you go to manscaped.com, sorry, and use the promo code OTBN, you can get 20% off plus free shipping. Um, like I said, give your ball some love. Definitely check Manscaped out and all their products. So first things first, I'd love to always ask any guest that comes on the show, any you know, first-time guest that's on the show. I know we've been on other shows before, but what the game means to you. I know, like I said, you're really like a sports guru. You've been around sports probably all your life. Um, you know, you do a lot of work for the college, uh, your college as well. And then, you know, like I said, you know hockey, you know football, you know pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> but I guess what in – what does I guess what is hockey, but also what do sports just mean to you in general? So I think just generally speaking, probably like a lot of uh, 
your previous guests have said, but to me, sports is just one of those unique things that it, it can be a, a, un, a unifying thing mm-hmm. when it comes to bringing people from different uh, backgrounds together in one locker room uh, to unite for one goal, obviously, as a team yeah. uh, and, and get to know each other better, get to improve as players, get to, get to know each other as people and get to learn about life. Uh, Jelani, like you, actually, I myself for a good bit of the last three years or so, I've actually been a youth basketball coach mm-hmm. and the opportunity to make an impact on the lives of young men. Uh, I, I'll, I'll always say this, like no matter where I go in my life in terms of my career, I will always put being a youth basketball coach as one of the greatest honors I've ever had to do because to have an impact uh, on the next generation, to have an impact on kid on kids, essentially, to teach them things that maybe you, no one was really there to teach you or to just help them see things and to grow in a different way. And that's mm-hmm. such a unique opportunity. And what sports and, and the fact that sports is one of those platforms for us to learn from people with different experiences from you, as we've especially been seeing the last few years, how critical that's been mm-hmm. in furthering social discussion. Uh, I think that's something critical. And I think at the same time, you know, just you know, uh, making new friends and having fun with people and connecting over something like sports. I always pointed out because I was a basketball coach, like how funny is it that a basketball, this one thing (laughs) can bring all of us together and, you know, give us uh, times and memories that we won't forget. So for me personally, like all around with sports, that's how I believe it. You can put that to any sport. And hockey, I feel is one of those. I feel like hockey is right around with baseball in terms of being a sport that tradition matters because hockey has been around Mm -hmm. for well over a century. And so when you think about the tradition of the game, where it started from, how it's developed, and the fact that in the NHL now you have several kids whose dads played the game and you've seen it throughout and we in hockey history, it's a, a relatively common thing that, you know, uh, the sons of these guys and a lot of them do end up playing at some level, especially when they make it to the league. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's a unique thing. And I just think it speaks to what develops in a hockey locker room, which is just the overall sense of family, because you literally in one of the most physical sports in the world, you're battling with your guys on a nightly basis to try to get that win. So it just, it, it cooperates with, uh, cooperates with all the other sports. Like I said, just creating that unifying factor. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's just the best part about sports. Really. Yeah. Yeah. That like I said definitely was one of the best parts about sports. Like you said, it, I guess no matter what background you come from, no matter, you know, what's going on at home. Sometimes that's always, that's sometimes what people, you know, when they come together, like, you know, just say I coach kids, like that's like their getaway. They, it's something that they're able to do and, and get their mind off things and, and something that they, you know, love to love to do and just hope to one day, you know, become better at. And like you said, it's just somewhere they can come together with, you know, friends and just like-minded people and, and just have one common goal. And just, so like you said, always a, a great thing when sports can unify people from different backgrounds. But of course, welcome in Thad. Like I said, you just, you just got out of class. Well, How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How you doing, Dirk? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited that, that you came in very early now. I get to I know you just came out of class, but I got to say, uh, Hockey one-on-ones today, Fab, but I promise it'll be more entertaining than what class you had. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the first thing that, uh, you know, I wanted to start off with, or we wanted to start off with, you know, just asking, you know, honestly, just the hockey rules rundown. Like any, I know there's, you know, maybe a bunch of rules to hockey. Like some of us, you know, that's kind of just you know, pedestrian watchers, you know, we see they're out there on the puck, you know, passing, passing, you know, we know they got a goalie. You know, there's fours and all of that, but right. just the, I guess the basic hockey rules run down like for anything that we 
just may not know, you know, may miss, you know, something that's just not common to the most pedestrian hockey watcher. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll start out with one thing, you know, unlike every other sport when it comes to hockey, and this is actually much closer to soccer in terms mm-hmm. of this rule, only one player is allowed to, whether it be by hand or technically glove, can take can grab the puck and then keep it with them and like press it towards their body to stop a play. And that is obviously the goalie. Uh, If another player were to do that, I believe it results in a penalty. Players are allowed to bat the puck out the air and they could like, you know, grab it and then like quick put it on the ground to continue play. They're allowed to do that. But if, if you're not the goalie, you you can't grab it and keep it to the body because the uh, play is going to be blown dead. I, I believe it's a penalty. If not, something happens like I, I've rarely seen it because like NHL yeah. guys like with hockey, they teach this very early on. So it's exactly. ingrained. You, you rarely see it. But the on the off chance, if you do see it, just know if it, if it ain't the goalie, that's a no, no. <laughs> they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, you know, the, the basics of hockey on a basic format, it's three forwards and two defensemen out there with the goalie. So five other players out on the ice in front of each goalie. Uh to start off every, I guess you could call it a quote-unquote possession, if you mm-hmm. want to say, there's always a face-off in one of the designated zones. And face-offs always happen after a puck is blown dead at the start of every period. Uh, you know, v- various things like that. Like, if the puck is hit out of play, obviously get the next puck wherever is closest to where the puck was hit out. You know, the, the referee goes there. They're ready to drop it. The centers come up to take the face-off. Mm-hmm. And when the ref drops the puck, that's when it goes. Sometimes, and this is sometimes a funny thing, like so certain players, they get a little jittery and they try to go early. If you go early too many times, the refs will, will kick them out. It's like, all right, bring someone else here. You're not taking this face off. So uh, <laughs> that's a that's a thing that happens sometimes. I just I get a, a nice little chuckle out of it if a guy yeah. keeps going down for that. Um, in terms of the stick, obviously a lot of us, if we didn't have an ice hockey rink, I know for me growing up in New York City, in the public schools, we played floor hockey a lot. And they always told you in floor hockey, you can't bring the stick up to a certain point. I think when we were like young, it was like, don't bring it up to your knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a hockey game, you can't bring it the stick in regular play up above the shoulder because that's when it gets dangerous because there is a penalty called high sticking where if mm-hmm. you accidentally hit a player, that's a, a two-minute penalty. Uh, when it comes to regular play, no, don't go above the shoulder. When it comes to scoring a goal now, uh, the stick has to be below the crossbar of the goal so your stick can be up in the air you can bat the puck from in the air and actually mm-hmm. get it in and it'll count but it just needs to be below the crossbar yeah. so so that's one thing which the like the most skillful players some of them some of their like you know stick up in the air goals like they could be entertaining in terms of like you got to be a bit precise when you lift your stick mm-hmm. it's got to be like the perfect timing to make sure you don't get it too high and you got to hit the puck past the goalie Exactly. Hey, there, there, there are some, there are some nice goals like that. There are definitely some nice goals like that. So that's a rule to keep in mind. Uh, there's offsides, just like in soccer. You know, if as the team is going to offense, if a player goes uh, in the offensive zone before the puck, obviously yeah. that's an offside. Uh, in hockey, actually, it's based off of uh, the skates. So oh, if okay. both of a player's skates are in the zone before the puck, that's an offside. Mm-hmm. But I believe if only one is in the zone. Then it's the, then the yeah the play is still fine which I I, I love seeing fans like just <laughs> bug out to it whenever yeah. an offside happens it's a glorious thing on social media uh, and I guess the last little things you know like I've been mentioning a few times there's penalties there's a uh, relatively three kinds of penalty there's there's minor penalties which are only two minutes at a time uh, there's major penalties which are five minutes which is just the player you know is in the penalty box for five minutes and can come back in or 
if mm-hmm. a player gets a five minute major and game misconduct added to that, they are then kicked out of the game. And a teammate, I believe, actually has to serve the five minutes. So you oh, go wow. to, as we sometimes call the penalty box, imagine having to go to the sin bin for five minutes and it's not even because <laughs> of you. It's because of something one of your teammates you. did. Yeah, so that that happens for, from here and there, mainly with some of the more you know enforcer players in the league. And I guess the last thing is overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the regular season, is just a five-minute uh, period where actually in recent years, it's now become 3v3 in terms mm-hmm. of the players you send out there, which is wildly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then come pl- – and uh, when regular season – over when uh, overtime is finished in the regular season, then we go to a shootout, which – like you think of it in soccer, okay. uh, players take, you know, one, uh, one turn each to go. It's at uh, at minimum three. Mm-hmm. So if a team scores two out of three, the other team only gets one out of three, they win. But if both teams are tied after the first three shots, we keep going until we get a winner. Yeah, There have been some long shootouts for any – if there are any <laughs> USA hockey fans out there, you'll remember uh, the, Olymp- the Winter Olympics from years ago. Mm-hmm. TJ Oshie will – Ring uh, that's a name that'll ring the bell to any American Olympic hockey fans out there. He he was pretty good for the U.S. Uh, in one of their shootouts. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and then in the playoffs, it's back to full uh 20 minutes. The overtime is 20 minutes, and you just go until we get a winner. Like uh, you know, dating back in the the playoff bubble that the NHL did, just like the NBA. Yeah. Uh, the very first playoff game went what was it, four overtimes, I think five overtimes. So it goes to show, yeah, the game. Must end. You, ain't, ain't no ties anymore because Dan Shell actually used to have ties. Ain't no mm-hmm. ties. Ain't no shootout in the playoffs. You mm-hmm. go until someone scores, and that yeah. that can create some marathons to say the least. Honestly, it seems like a lot—not a lot of the rules, but it seems like it's pretty similar to soccer. You know, yeah, you know, a lot of you know a lot of the rules that they do have. So it is pretty cool. I never even thought about that. So maybe I maybe I will understand game a little bit more, um, a little bit more quicker than I thought I would. You know, before the episode ends, but uh. Real quick before, um, I was about to ask my next question. Sorry, my camera went out, but uh, Chris LeBron, our, uh, our president, actually brought it up. It was going to be my the question before this one, but I guess you can kind of group them together. Um, I was going to ask about you know just the NHL draft conditions, kind of like the things that you know players must meet um, in order to be considered for the draft. But also with that one to kind of you know let you guys know or not let you guys know but wanted to ask kind of like where the different levels of hockey as well because i know i've seen college hockey in some form or aspect or at least heard of it but you know it's not as prevalent as other college sports and stuff so you know there's really no march madness for hockey unless you know not that i know of and then (laughs) um you know just kind of like how do you work your way up in the ranks to even get you know considered for nhl draft conditions so i guess kind of like a two-part question like what are the different levels of the uh you know the, of hockey and then also you know just the nfl draft conditions you must meet in order to be considered to be drafted right so there's really there's i, I would like to say there's three paths for prospects to take when it comes to eventually mm-hmm. making it to the nhl relatively speaking uh so one way which is the most popular way because a lot of players uh, north american born players and a few international ones that actually end up doing so uh, there's the Canadian Hockey League. The Canadian Hockey League is the junior, the primary junior league to the NHL, where there's it's actually an overall organization made up of three different leagues, the WHL, uh, the OHL, and the QMJHL. Mm-hmm. And those three leagues all have a bunch of teams with a bunch of young players, Canadian-born, American-born, and also like some international guys move uh, to play in it as well. And that is the primary way. Uh, the draft rules really fast, just so I could get into that. Uh, draft players 
must be at least 18 years old by September 15th or under 20 years old by December 31st of a given draft year. Uh, I believe with European players, they get an extra year on the age cap. So I believe it's 21 for them. And that uh, that's how it is uh, in, in terms of like the draft rules. So typically 18 to 21, maybe some 22 year olds have been in the past, but typically those guys like kind of like you think in the NBA or the NFL, like the older a player's age, yeah. the more question marks there is. So mm-hmm. it tends to skew to the younger players. So guys will get drafted at about the age of 18, 18, 19 uh, to the NHL. They could like, so the main way is through the CHL. That's the most common way it's been. I, I don't want to say popular, but because it's three different leagues in one, cause there's so many teams, that's one of the main ways to do it. Uh, the other way for international players that don't come over to the USA, if they are in their, the age range, they can put their name into the draft and they can just play in the league in their own country. There are other professional hockey leagues out in the world. NHL, of course, is the biggest one because it's in North America and all that. Uh, But the other leagues in the world, there is the Swedish Hockey League, formerly known as the Swedish Elite League. Uh, There's the German DEL League. Uh, There's Liga, the the Finnish Hockey League. There's the KHL, the Russian League. So any young players that play in those leagues, uh, they can enter their name for whatever their corresponding draft is at any point. Uh, in in their age range. And after a certain age, I think like 22, 23 is the cutoff. They can actually just go over to the NHL, but they would just be uh, undrafted free agent, giving them free reigns to sign with whichever team, uh, have their agent negotiate with whichever team. Uh, So that's, I'd say the second way, a pretty common way that a lot of teams, you know, towards the end of seasons and like the beginning of seasons, you hear like a lot of like uh, small signings from hockey teams, like a player has been signed to like a two-year deal, it typically it tends to be some of those European guys that are now going to make their way over to the NHL. Uh, and then the last way is actually, you know, in the good old US of A, uh, there is the USA Developmental Hockey League, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, essentially it's its own league and primarily is the USA Developmental Team where they take the top prospects in the USA. Uh, guys still go to school. They still get their uh, high school education. And then they just go through... Uh, the league in terms of playing is like 15, 16, 17 year olds and they get experience. There are other teams. So they play against one another. Obviously think of it like, think of it like high school, essentially it's just a mm-hmm. more it's separate from the high school system itself, but more concrete. Like there's actual like team names to it. Uh, and they do that. And then from there, those guys can either go to the CHL. They could uh, enter their names in the N- in the NHL draft. If uh, their age is right. Or Mm -hmm. they actually go to hockey. So this is where the NCAA comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a pretty common thing for the USA kids to put their name in the draft, get drafted, and then they go to college for a few years. Almost like baseball. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the last couple of years, it's been a very popular thing. The last two drafts, actually, the 2019 and 2020 drafts, uh, a good amount of these USA developmental team hockey players have done so where... They'll enter, they'll get drafted, and then they'll go play somewhere for a year. It typically tends to be one of the main schools like Boston University, Boston College, yeah. uh, Michigan, Wisconsin. Th- those are like the main colleges in terms of college hockey. And these guys go there for like one or two years. They develop, they get better, and then their team still has their rights. Uh, they sign them to their entry-level deals. Uh, it typically at the end of a season. So like because the ho- the college hockey season ends in like March, April – Uh, It is very common for guys to then subsequently sign with their pro team and their pro team, depending on development, maybe they'll give them some games in the NHL 
or they'll then send them down to the minors, which the pre- predominant minor league with the NHL is the AHL, the American Hockey League. Uh, so that that's typically how it goes. Yeah, like I said, it seems like keep hearing little pe- bits and pieces that whether it's the draft, whether it's the rules, everything kind of comes from, you know, yeah. not comes from, but, you know, it's similar to other, you know, other sports in a certain ways. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But like I said, I always remembered seeing, like, where there was a few years ago when things were a little bit normal, that I would see certain colleges playing, you know, college hockey or NCAA hockey, but not all of them. I just always wondered about that, like, how that even works or anything, because right. it's just different levels. So appreciate that explanation. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I got a question for you, Jerg. In your opinion, what is the most, what is the most difficult position to play and what's the most vital position on that? So uh, the, the answer to that is actually one position. Uh, and to me, that's goalie. Uh, yeah. I, if I had to, you know, if I had to make a ranking of it, I would say the next most important thing is probably a first line center. So in hockey, there's four lines of forwards and three lines of defensemen. It's four lines of three forwards and uh, three lines of defensemen pairings. Mm-hmm. So it. So I'll just go at the other positions for a second. In my opinion, the next three, and you could put them in any order depending on how like you'd want to build your team. But I think the next three important positions are a first line centerman. You need your top line to have a strong center in terms of getting you faceoffs, helping set up the offense, various things like that. That's critical. Uh, just a offensive dynamic offensive player in general. Mm -hmm. That's the next part typically tends to be one of these sniping goal scores, but also for being called snipers, these guys also have the ability to play, make and create for others. And then I think the, the next one after that is a offensive oriented defenseman that can quote unquote, and this taking a term from another sport quarterback, the power play (laughs) to where if you have an offensive defenseman who can lead the power play, which is critical because you have a man, advantage or sometimes a two-man advantage if it's a five on three uh you you need an offensive defenseman to help set everyone up you know that we've seen some especially the last decade decade and a half in terms of offensive defensemen uh i'm young let me let me say that in case any older hockey fans watch this so i'm young so please excuse me for what i'm about to say but at least for the defenseman i have seen i have not seen a better offensive defenseman in terms of setting up a power play than eric carlson from all the defensemen I've watched in my time of watching hockey in his peak years, he was the best on the power play. He would be like one of the next two, three guys I would have taken aside from goalie. So now mm-hmm. that uh, the main answer to your question, goalie, here's why it's the most vital position because in the playoffs, the most important time of the year, you got to win just like the NBA. You got to win four rounds, four best of sevens, 16 total games to be able to hoist the Stanley cup. A goalie by himself can get you to the Stanley Cup Finals. That is how pivotal the position is. Because if you have that sniper, you know, they're good for... The, it'll be consistent in terms of about just under a goal or game, a goal a game. And maybe they'll have that two two goals performance. Same with your center, same with your defenseman. You know, especially in an offensive orientated league now, you know, you're going to get guys that put up a lot of points. But I think this season has shown if you don't have a top tier goalie, your team is going to have a lot of stretches when they struggle. The average goals against and save percentage in the NHL this season is at its lowest point since the first season from the 04-05 lockout. And if you look at who some of the best teams in the league are right now, or at least the most dangerous ones, it's Tampa, it's Vegas, it's Colorado. All those teams have had outstanding goaltending this season. So the goalie is paramount into winning the cup because they can win you an entire playoff series by themselves. They can have a series where they only allow three, four goals in a four game stretch. 
And if your offense can do just enough, you can win with that. Um, I don't want to throw too many historical names out there because that's a prelude to one of the games later. <laughs> uh, but Dominic Hasek is the first guy that comes to mind in terms of carrying teams. The Buffalo Sabres, who are not a good team in any stretch of the imagination, in the 90s when they were a great team and many thought they were a, a cup contender, Dominic Hasek was carrying them throughout playoffs. The year they made it to the finals, his average goals against was like 1.7. His save percentage was almost 94%. By himself, he took that team to the Stanley Cup Finals. And no disrespect to the other players. Like, there were some solid players on that team. But Dominic Hasek was the reason. If you put an average goalie during that run, they don't make it that far. Uh, Patrick Waugh, one of the best goalies of all time. Three times he was named the playoff MVP. If you take him away and put him put an average goalie there, like, at best, you might get one of those cups, but not all four that he was on. So that I, 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 that's why I say it's the most important position because a goalie can make or break your hopes. And it's the most difficult position because you, everything is coming at you full speed. Like these mm-hmm. shots, a lot of people don't understand. Like some of these shots, these guys are going from, from once the stick hits to as it's flying in the air, these shots can go 95, 96, 100, 105 miles an hour at you. If you don't have good reflexes, about 30 goals are going to go by you if you don't have good (laughs) reflexes. Let's just be honest here. So there's that. And there's also, and this has made it more difficult now. It's a very common tactic to where like teams can park a player relatively in front of the goalie, a couple inches or like a foot away and it Mm -hmm. obstructs their view. So now the rules allow someone to essentially be screening you the entire time. They just don't have to touch you and it'll be okay. And then you could get unlucky and the puck could deflect off of like the knee of one player or like the stick of even one of your own teammates and mm-hmm. it could get back, uh, it could go by you. So for the role that the goalie has to do, it's so difficult for them. And that's part of the reason why it's the most important position. Cause if you can have a guy that is elite and he can get past all that mm-hmm. and you're in the playoffs, very good chance at winning it all. Makes sense. I was going to say, or, or ask, I, I, I don't I guess it could still be the goal. It probably still be the goalie, maybe your answer. But like you know, I don't, you know, basketball. A lot of people like is considered like dual forwards or you know, basically two way players like LeBron or Kawhi right. or guys of that sort to be kind of like the most important position. Like if you don't got one of those guys on your team, or obviously, yeah, like small forward, basically small forward, power forward, like guys that can maybe guard one through five, can you know score the ball for you, but also defend on the other end, like. What guy, I guess, is that like that for hockey? Because obviously with the goalie, like they probably do have the hardest job, but obviously they're not going down, you know, in the power plays and going down and like scoring goals and stuff. So who would you, I guess, you compare, consider to be kind of like that specific position? If if I had to pinpoint more specifically, Hmm. I I would say it's two specific groups. I would say it's the elite two-way forwards and the elite, you know, number one defenseman. The reason why I say that is because when you talk about the number one defenseman in the league, they have that offensive prowess, like I was mentioning before with a guy like an Eric Carlson, but they have such great, you know, stay at home play in terms of being a top tier defender. And, you know, they, they quarterback the power play, but then they're be- they're one of the first guys back to, to help the goalie on defense. Mm-hmm. So that's a key there. And then the elite two way forwards, there's an award in the NHL called the, the Selkie, which is awarded to the best two way forward for their offensive prowess, as well as their elite defensive play. So if I had to try to pick, like, uh, if I had to, like, compare it to, like, a two-way player in a ba- in basketball, it would be one or the other. Probably the forwards, because they're typically the faster players. Mm-hmm. So if you have, like, a Selkie-worthy player, uh, like an Anze Kopitar, 
or throughout his career, Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. then that would be the closest comparison in terms of like what their role is offensively and defensively. They they help get points, but then uh, on the way back defensively, I, I wouldn't call them shut down, but you know that defensive smart player, mm-hmm. right place, right positioning, help make sure guys are also in the right place. That communicator, I would most con- I would most connect it to the two way the best two way forwards in the game of hockey. Okay, so it is. Um, next question I kind of had uh, kind of goes along, you know, with uh, maybe like the do's and don'ts of hockey. I know with a lot of other sports, there's unwritten rules like right. you know basketball. You ain't supposed to, if you're up twenty thirty, you ain't supposed to you know be trying to score with, when the clock's going down. Um, baseball, there's a few unwritten rules. You know the bat flips. You know we've kind of seen that digress a little bit the last few years it's just certain stuff like that is there any specific like do's and don'ts that we should kind of know about with hockey uh so more predominantly with the don'ts mm-hmm. uh and, and this will so i'm gonna save one of them to the end because it actually mm-hmm. preludes into something i know you yeah. guys want to get into yeah. uh but i'll say some of the don'ts so like pre-game uh when both teams are out there on the ice try to stay to your own side you know like guys rarely go to other <laughs> sides unless they like meet in the middle with the refs or like maybe if guys know each other like perfect example, the Calgary Flames and the Ottawa Senators. There's uh the Kachuk brothers. Brady Kachuk is a senator. Matthew Kachuk is a flame. They'll meet in the middle and talk because they're brothers, they're family. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's gonna happen. Or like mm-hmm. these guys will know each other. A lot of them will know each other since they were so young that you know they'll they'll have the niceties you know before and after the game. So obviously that those are cases where it's fine. But like for the most part, guys just stay on their side. Like a like a defenseman on the Rangers is not going to shoot the puck over to the Flyers end because a fight will probably happen after that. It, uh, so so that's like one of the don'ts. Uh, another don't, and this is just from me having been to so many uh, good amount of hockey games. I think this is something that comes back from like way, way back when the goalies used to not wear masks or used to wear like really like barely mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really call them masks. Like you don't really shoot high at the goalies in the warmups. Like guys tend to shoot lower shots. I think as the games evolved, I think like, I'm pretty sure I've seen higher shots, but that's the thing. Like you don't shoot too many shots, like towards like the mask and like the shoulders of the goalie uh, in part for safety. Cause if everyone's taking their turns, like usually three, four guys could shoot at a time. They can't all go to the goalie's head. It's going to be a problem. You're, you're yeah, you, you, like, if a puck, like forbid, even though the masks are good, but like, let's say somehow a puck like gets in and like hits one of your goalies in the temple or the eye, you just yeah. knocked out your starting goalie. Like how's that? We just, we just, yeah. just talked about how important the goalie is. <laughs> So you don't want to do that. Um, never shoot the puck when the whistle blows the play dead. Guarantee a fight's going to start if you do that. 100% guarantee something's going to start. Like it, that, That's kind of one of those like unwritten rules. Like it, the second the whistle blows dead, like, I mean, if you want to stick handle the puck, maybe like have a little bit of fun with it, like sure, but don't shoot it at the net because this goes into my next point. You don't mess with the other team's goalie. Like if you... If the play blows dead and you shoot the puck at a goalie, maybe take a cheap shot at a goalie, mm-hmm. or like there's this thing called uh, snowing where it's like when guys skid to a stop, like sometimes like some ice will like come up and like cover a player. You do any of that to the other team's goalie, you're gonna get, you're drop the gloves. You're gonna have to fight. Like that, that's just how it is. Like, and this goes into always have your guys back. Like just always have your guys back, especially your goalie. If someone is messing with your goalie or your franchise player, just have like you gotta have the back. It's like in football, like whenever skirmishes happen in football, how like guys come to the sideline, like they got to, they got to defend their guys. It's mm-hmm. a similar thing in hockey. Guys don't jump off the bench cause, cause that'll automatically be a suspension. No doubt. But like the guys on the ice, like we have seen complete brawls uh, for 
again, any old hockey fans, if they stumble upon this, the, the Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings are the first one that come to mind uh, when it comes to brawls that like just everyone, even the goalies would actually get involved with. <laughs> Uh, th- those fights back in the day, like the late '90s, early 2000s, like that was a key time to really show. Like that was like a, a rivalry written in blood, to where any little thing, it- they took it personally, literally. So that that's one of those things. Uh, real quick, just again to some superstitions in hockey, because there's a lot mm-hmm. of superstitions with it. Uh, I would say one thing. This is the main one: is the the handshake line after playoff series. It's just something that's been a tradition this entire time. I don't want to call it a superstition. I more so want to call it a tradition, but it's like, I personally mm-hmm. have never seen a player like as angry or as upset or as emotional as they'd be. <laughs> Literally everyone goes through the handshake line. Like all of mm-hmm. us, we pl- we played sports in some way when we were in high school, at least. So like, you know, after the game, like even if you're so mad, like to be a good sportsman, like yeah. got it, you know, Hey, good game, good game, you know, such as that in hockey. It, it's essentially a must at this point. Like it's, I don't, I doubt it's written somewhere. If it is, I think we need to go back to the books and like, come on now, but it's a tradition. So guys always handshake after a playoff series. Uh, And the biggest superstition of them all, the Eastern and the Western conference trophies, which I'm it'll be fun to see how they present those this year because we don't have the conferences, Uh, but guys almost never touch the Eastern and Western conference trophies. They do here and there. Like they'll they'll maybe pick it up and like maybe just the captain will hold it. Hold it yeah. But aside from that, it's just team pictures around it because in their mind, lot, yeah. there's still four more games. There's still one more prize to attain, and that's the one that you fight the entire season. Yeah. So that's a superstition. Uh, that that is the number one superstition where it, it gets broken here and there. But for the most part, teams will be like, "All right, we're conference champs. On mm-hmm. to the next one. Still got one more. Job's not done. Job's not finished. You know exactly." Uh, and I guess uh, I'll allow that. I'll just say this because I know you guys are going to have questions about this. Uh, no sucker punches on the ice. Just just don't do it. Like it, it's actually a very common thing in hockey where when fights happen, like sometimes they'll be on a whim. But it is a very common thing. That face off circle we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Guys will be like bent over, kneeling over, and they'll just look at the guy next to him. It's like, oh, you want to fight? You want to drop gloves? And the guy will be like. <laughs> Yeah, once the ball drops, we're gonna, and then they'll just do it. Like there is actually dialogue and discourse that happens before a lot of these fights. Like it is the most entertaining thing to me when we get those sound bites. It's like you want to drop gloves, you want to go. It's like yeah, we can go. And then puck drops, boom. So like that, that's something I love. And so when it comes to fights like that, don't sucker punch. Don't like intentionally target players uh, because again, those are hockey is such a dangerous sport to where it's like, if a hit goes wrong, a guy's going to go head first into the boards. We don't mm-hmm. want that They're They'll go back first, neck first, the, the head, neck, and like back, it's become such a uh, focus in the last few years with sports science to make sure like those parts of the body are protected because of how critical they are to living. So yeah. <laughs> you, you try to not do that. Obviously guys, you know, uh, a couple players have been suspended this season because of what has been perceived as targeting, Mm-hmm. Uh, you, the, you try to avoid it as much as you can. Sometimes, like if the officials call it at the end of the day, the officials call it. You want to try to if you get suspended, if you want to try to appeal that, you deal with the league, not the officials. That's how it goes. But tr- try to not target, try to not sucker punch. And when you're in a fight, uh, if you start the fight, this is the big one. This is the big don't. If you start the fight, if you start the trash talk and you drop the gloves, don't immediately curl up and like just let them hit you or like go down. No, 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 no. You wanted this. You wanted to drop the gloves. <laughs> Finish the fight, fight you, you know, and, and here's the thing with the fight. The second someone goes down, almost always the officials come in to stop. It. Like mm-hmm. it never gets to a UFC point where they're still hitting a guy when they're down. 
Like the officials will come in and be like, hey, that's enough. And most guys as well, they know it's like, all right, this guy's on a knee. I ain't got to deal with this anymore. I've won the fight, you know? So mm-hmm. th- those are like pr- predominantly the don'ts of hockey. Like just don't do these stupid things. Don't talk a big game. Don't mm-hmm. do this. Don't do that. Don't, d- don't piss the other team off, you know? Yeah. Just, just don't. <laughs> uh, leading into my next question, you kind of answered most of it, mm-hmm. but like, Tell me the details behind the fights. Like, how long is the fight? Like, you basically told me why they happen and what pisses people off, which will happen right. in mainly any sport. But, like, what's how long do they get the fight for? Is it 30 seconds? Is it a minute? And, like, how did they determine all of this? Because it's kind of set up, right? To, yeah. For the face off. Yeah. How does that yeah. go? So, so the rules in hockey are that the, these guys are allowed to fight in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would uh, really quick because through doing all my research, making sure I have all the info right. So in the European hockey leagues, like I mentioned earlier, like the KHL and the Swedish uh, hockey league, and mm-hmm. actually in college, uh, fighting technically can happen. But unlike the NHL, if players get in fights in college or in the European leagues, they are fined, at least in the European leagues. Can't find a college player. If they do, that's a problem. But you're fined in the European leagues. And then you'd be facing suspension potentially depending on if this was your first time or like various things like that. Essentially, if it's not the NHL, you will get suspended for it. In the NHL, it fights for the most part, you know, you'll just go to the penalty box unless you committed a game misconduct worthy penalty before your fight. And then you'll be kicked out after the fight. And like I said, a teammate has to serve the five minutes in the box for the fighting for you. So if you, if you're kicked for targeting, let's say, uh, if, if the officials believe you targeted a player intentionally on a hit, mm-hmm. you came from the other side of the ice and you hit the player, whether that was intentional or not, the officials deemed that was targeting, you're going to be gone. But before you leave, let's say one of the opponents is like, no, 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 you're not just going to hit my guy. Yeah. Gloves drop, the fight happened. In that case, the officials aren't going to be like, no, 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 we, we're kicking him out. No, no, no. They let the fight happen. <laughs> and then after, you know, that that happens, then the guy's uh, gone for the game off the game misconduct. And then the player serves. In terms of how long they last, it really depends. Like certain fights go like that. Yeah. Uh, so, some of these fights, it feels like they go for like a, a solid minute plus. And at some point, if two guys eventually like if neither of them falls, because like I said, once a guy essentially is down on the ice, the officials step in or like guys know like, OK, that's it. Uh, but if a fight is still going on for a good bit, like the officials will step in and like, all right, all right, we got a game to get to. Like, let, let's just stop this here. So that's essentially what it is. Um, there's like this notion that hockey is like it's the sport where they're allowed to fight and that's the fun of it. Yeah. And it can be entertaining at times. Like I, I would be lying if I said there wasn't some fun to that, because like to, like I said, like there in some fights, there's dis, uh, dialogue before it. Like mm-hmm. uh, like I said, and with some of the unwritten rules, you know, if you do. If you commit one of those, you know, treasonous acts, there'll likely be a fight. But also like certain other things like this was more prevalent back in the day. But like in the 80s and 90s, when you had superstar players on teams like the Oilers with Wayne Gretzky, Mm -hmm. they had a player on there, a a quote unquote goon or grinder to just Mm -hmm. protect Gretzky. So if someone took a shot at him, someone's going to fight that player or the player Mm -hmm. that took a shot at Gretzky. It was the case with a lot of these star players because that that's the franchise that's the team and with a guy like a Wayne Gretzky I don't need I don't need to go into detail as mm-hmm. to who he is like if, yeah. if you know hockey somewhat you've heard that name mm-hmm. so because of that um that that was a common thing back in the day a lot of fights would happen because of that uh you know 
pissing off the other team. And just like even on plays that you don't think like much happen, like there'll be sometimes where a massive hit happens and then seconds later a fight will happen. So it, it really just depends on who's instigating it. Like certain guys, it'll only be in situations like if if the star player gets hit, like their, their bodyguard, quote unquote, their grinder, their Mm -hmm. goon will protect them. Uh, you know, if, if a player didn't like the fact that you maybe delivered a hit too hard on one of their teammates, a fight could happen. If you shoot the puck when the whistle's blown, drop, drop, the, <laughs> drop the gloves, boy. We're fighting. So uh, there, there, there's various things like that. So I, I, there's no one particular thing. But like to your point, like I love that you mentioned it because now I look back. It's like fights can just be like anything. Like they can end in ten <laughs> seconds. They can go a good minute. Um, mm-hmm. Several fights have gone minutes at a time. But it was never just a 1v1. Like I said, with the Avalanche and Red Wings, mm-hmm. like everyone on the ice would so go cool. at one another. They would at least wow. like hold jerseys. Um, <laughs> the, and the goalies, in all three of those fights, the goalies were like going towards one another as well, like and fighting. Uh, Patrick Waugh has been in some scuffles in his day in those in uh, those battles. Um, this was years ago. I forget both teams. I, I know Calgary was one of them. And maybe Vancouver was the other. Mm-hmm. But at the very beginning of the game, when the puck dropped, almost everyone on the ice dropped their gloves and started fighting. I don't know what That's happened. Crazy. Like I, like I said, because it's been a few years ago. Like, I forget what the background to it was. But just something was, like, amiss to where it's like, all right, we're... And those weren't the first lines either. Because, like, the mm-hmm. first line guys, like, like I have been mentioning, like, your superstar forward yeah. and, like, your, your center they'll rarely get into fights if ever like a Sidney Crosby he mm-hmm. he he not getting in fights Connor McDavid he not getting in fights like in that specific game like it was like the third and fourth lines for both teams were out there and they immediately went to it because that's usually where the fighters are so it's like yeah. that was one of those cases where it's like wow the very beginning very of the game like I don't, I don't I don't even think the guys like controlling the clock had time to to hit go, go when yeah. they started it's just like all right we're going so that I, I, I like that question because I think hockey, like there, a lot of people just assume like the fights happen for no reason, but there, there's a little bit to it. There's a little more to it than yeah, just yeah. Well, I say little reasons here and there, but yeah, that, that that's crazy. Um, that that last part, like you say, they literally just dropped the puck and then they all just start to go. It's like yeah. it's on. It's like when they be talking about like on site, like you know when I see you next time, <laughs> see you, it, it, it's, it's for real. But yeah. Um, next thing I kind of wanted to segue into was you know you do your NHL power rankings each and every week. Um, I know you. I know you do yours a little bit differently than just you know regular people's power rankings. You know, kind of just put up the teams based off of you know, I guess if they you know, won a few games or just if they're trending or whatever the case may be. I think you do yours by like a week by week uh, basis. Yeah. Um, and I had it up here. Screen just went blank, but I know Tampa Bay Lightning was number one. And um, even I guess if you're not really a hockey fan, like I know they won the. If I'm not mistaken, they won the NHL um, Cup or whatever last year, yeah. right? And then, you know, this, I guess they've been on the uprise, but they're a newer organization, if I'm not mistaken, too, is, uh, as well, right? Uh, relatively. They came Was about it? in the in the 90s. So 90s. They, okay. they've been around a little a yeah, bit longer. I think Vegas they, is the is Vegas the newest one? Yes, yes. Okay, Vegas they, was yeah. the newest team. They came. And they're uh, number two on your rankings. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I guess just if you can, just talk about, I guess, how you do your power rankings. And then also I know it's about to be the midseason. Um, yeah, I guess answer if they're doing, uh, you know, NHL All Star Weekend type thing. If they're right. not, and then also just I guess some of your midseason awards uh, for NHL this year. Yeah, so my power rankings. Uh, shout out to Prez Crystal Braun. Uh, he he gets all the he get he gets a lot of work done at the network in terms of reaching out to guys and like helping them get shows, mm-hmm. and of course the advertisements like the the amazing people in Manscaped that are, mm-hmm. are sponsoring us recently, and as well as our other sponsors. But 
Uh, essentially, the way I do my power rankings is this. It's predominantly because I do them weekly. Yeah. It I have to go with a week by week basis because if I just go by talent, um, for the most part, I'm going to have the same top 10 teams up there nearly every week and just about in the same order every week. So what I try to do, my first and foremost thing is what did this past week look like for a certain organization? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did they win? Who did they face? How good did they look? You know, was it a two to nothing win? Like they scored both goals in the first period and controlled the game from there. Or did they score the first one goal and then their last goal was an empty netter with like seconds left? Like various things like that. And, you know, going team by team is a difficult thing to me because at this point of the season still, especially towards the top in these divisions, it's still so crowded to where there are a lot of weeks where I I struggle with the placement on certain teams. A few times it hasn't been a struggle. Tampa Bay has been my number one team the most time so far this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been the top seed, uh, top team in the rankings three times. And my thing with Tampa Bay is just like, they're so, they're so good. They're so talented. If it was just based off of talent, they would be top three anyways, but they're backing it up uh, day in and day out, week in and week out. So that's why they have been such a consistent force in the rankings. I think only one week they missed because they had, they missed an entire week of games due to COVID, like COVID mm. protocol. That's the only re- Like if there was a ranking early in the season, probably week one or two that they weren't there, it's because of that. I, I hate penalizing teams for COVID protocol, but if you missed all your games in a week, yeah. And another team that was very close to you in the standings played all theirs and won them. I have to give that team credit where credit is due. So the first thing I look at is this this week that that happened. Uh, and my my basis is the Monday night games. So my rankings release on Mondays. So the Monday night games of the release date to the Sunday games. That is the way I do it mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like the games that I look at primarily. And then I then my next thing is for certain teams if I have like a dead break and I've looked at everything else. I've looked at their record. I've looked at who they faced. And if I can't break the tie, I'll look back at the previous week. Like who did better the last week? Are they continuing a stretch of play? Are they bouncing back? Various things like that go into it. So that's the way that I do my rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like it's super complicated, <laughs> but it it's me trying to highlight these t- certain amounts of teams. Like I, there have been various teams in my top 10 in and out that, you know, they may have only had one good week, but I will give them their due for that week. The Los Angeles Kings had a week uh, about midway through like my rankings at this point. Mm-hmm. It was probably week four, maybe, where I put them at 10 or like at least the, the top team most considering, you know, other recognition yeah. because that organization won like five straight games and yeah. their best players were their veterans who a lot of people thought most of them were done, that mm-hmm. they had, you know, this is a saying in hockey, you know, cement in the skates. Uh <laughs> Uh, their their goalie Jonathan Quick was having a great stretch of play. He was looking like the same goalie that won them two Stanley Cups back in 2012 and 2014. Again, goalie is vital for a reason. Yeah. So uh, I, I looked at various things like that. The Anaheim Ducks in like week two or week three, I put them in my top ten because they were having a strong week. Uh, they obviously haven't been there since, but that doesn't mean I regret putting in them in the top ten because at that specific point they were higher up in the rankings than they should have been, and they were having a good week. Like. It's just those little things that I try to do to put a couple teams here and there. But for the mm-hmm. most part, like like I said, I can't do this based off of talent because the Boston Bruins, for example, they would be in the top five, top six every single week. They have not played like a top five or top six team the last like three, four weeks, though. So how is it fair that Minnesota or um, Washington, they played really great in this past stretch, but Boston has missed a few games. They haven't played up to their level. You know, how? 
it wouldn't be fair, you know? Yeah. So I try to be as fair as I can. I'm not going to claim like I love you guys because you guys always call me the hockey guru and all that. <laughs> I like to think I do know a good bit about hockey and I appreciate mm-hmm. your guys' confidence and my knowledge. Uh, I'm not going to say my standings are always on point. Like mm-hmm. looking back, I think this past week, I think the Islanders, I probably could have given them an extra like bump one or two mm-hmm. spots in the rankings. Like I won't say they're all perfect, but I will say mm-hmm. I do my due diligence for every single week in the rankings. Exactly. That that much I could say, you know. I mean, one, two spots, what, what is it? You know, I know we saw all the time with Jess Power Rankings, everybody would be arguing with it, arguing even with me when I would post them too back and <laughs> forth. Like, you really you really care if your team's at 25 or if they're at 27. Like, you're in the bottom half of the league. So, like, what, there's nothing right. really to be wrong. But, yeah. yeah, I guess last and kind of like your, your midseason, I know that, well, what are the, you know, the most prominent awards in hockey and then kind of like which guys are like the front runners for you? Um, for you to give, I guess, those awards out to as well. Right. So there is the Hart Memorial Trophy. So, mm-hmm. so let me just say this. Every single award in hockey is named after uh, a former uh, player, player, coach, commissioner, liaison from hockey's past. Because like I said, the history of hockey dates back well over a century. So mm-hmm. all the awards are named. So we have the Hart Memorial Trophy, which goes to the league MVP. Uh, you have the James Norris Trophy, which goes to the league's best defenseman. You have the Vesna, which goes to the best goalie. The, the Selkie, as I mentioned earlier, to the best two-way forward. You have the Jack Adams to the best coach. And then you have the Calder, which is to the rookie of the year. And then you have a lot of other awards that are a little bit more like fine-tuned. Like you have the Rocket Richard. That goes to the league leading goal scorer. So that's a statistic award. It's it's like leading the league in points in the NBA or like passing yards in the NFL. Like there's just a trophy to it in the NHL. Like if you led the league in goals, you get a trophy. The leader in points gets one Uh Various things like that, various things like that uh, is is how it is. So those mm-hmm. are the awards. In terms of my candidates, I'll probably come out with an article about that, actually, that if it's cool. cool. So yeah. that that's my mindset there. But a, yeah. a lot of talented yeah. players up for these awards, you know? Yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, don't, don't want to give it, give it away uh, too soon. So, yeah, it makes sense. What's, uh, next question for you. What's your pitch for anybody that's thinking about starting hockey or wants to play hockey? What's your pitch for them? Whew. Okay, so in terms of playing hockey, uh, because I think it's two separate ones. In terms of playing hockey, uh, if you want to play it, you got to understand it's a little bit pricey. And that in discussions that I've had with various people, I feel like that's one of the reasons that it's tough for new fans to come in, especially younger fans, because uh, because it it, it costs more like to to join an AAU team for basketball. It's a lot cheaper like that. I can't deny that. I won't deny but. But if you think that's kind of pricey, so yeah, right. So it's because of the equipment. Like the thing is, is that Mm -hmm. it costs a lot to get onto a team with basketball, Mm -hmm. but you just need your own sneakers and like you could bring your own ball to practice. So they'll obviously have the basketball you're, you're paying. It's because they set the price. You're paying for the jerseys. The the thing with hockey is that you need to get your skates. You need to get your pads, your helmet, Mm -hmm. maybe some of that. If you, if you find a team that like can help you with that, like that'd be great. But for the most part, you're paying for a lot of the equipment. And then you have to pay for it. So on that point, I, I cannot deny if you want to join it to like be on a team and I'm mainly talking towards younger players, like it mm-hmm. can be pricey. Uh, but I will say this, if you are able to, if you are able to get the experience and even if you can, if you just want to buy a basic pair of skates and find a local rink near you where you could just, you know, skate back and forth, maybe with your friends, get some hockey sticks, get a puck, mm-hmm. you know, have some pads because you never know what could happen. Uh, but if you just want to enjoy that, like as a, like a leisure activity, it'll definitely cost a lot less, obviously, 
Uh, and it's just a fun thing to do, you know? And if you're, you and your friends want to mess around with each other and, like, do fake fights, please don't fight for real. But if you want to do <laughs> fake fights with one another where you just do air punches, you could have that. But in all seriousness, like, on that end, that's where you can enjoy hockey. Like, it, it's a massive time commitment if you want to get into the sport. If you're, like, a young player, like a, a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old, you, just like any other sport, you need to commit your time to it and you need to commit your energy like before you go to school, you know how like they talk about guys going to school and like they'll put up shots and then they'll go to class and then that. Yeah. And hockey is like, all right, and you'll probably need a, a parent to drive you. You got to get driven down to the rink, start practicing with your skating, shooting, all that. Um, you know, do do some drills. Then you go to school and then afterwards, you know, do your homework and then back to the rink, back to doing all those things. It just like every other sport, it's a meticulous thing that guys need to do because especially with hockey, because it combines this is. And this now we can transition over to my pitch to why people should watch it. If you want offensive firepower like they do in the NBA, if mm-hmm. you want to see just physical, you know, bang, bang hits like happens in the, the NFL. And if you want to see a masterful performance by certain players like like goalies, like you see a pitcher doing MLB, hockey is a combination of that. to where you have some of the most talented offensive players in the world on a nightly basis performing. Uh, I Since we alluded to it earlier, I'll, I'll drop in some names. Uh, Connor mm-hmm. McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews, Patrick Kane, all those guys are MVP candidates. They're all Hart Trophy candidates. They're some of the most offensively gifted players of generation, not just of, you know, their, their year, their mm-hmm. two years. These are generational players in terms of their skill, where, where they'll finish in history or, or what they can do on the ice. Yeah. Uh, if you want, you know, big hits defensemen will give it to you on a nightly basis man like there there are just some defensemen that just lay down hits that will make 90s football fans wish that they still hit like that in the nfl <laughs> and then like i said when it comes to baseball if you love seeing a good pitching performance a goalie perform, performing a shutout or just allowing one goal but they face like 35 shots there there are some incredible highlight videos of goalies just laying out using their their stick to make a save getting the puck just by like an inch with their glove like things like that all all the heart stopping moments you might you know uh have in the other sports you'll have that in hockey as well and it's just a fun experience to do it's it's 3 20 minute periods non-stop action because they there's no timeouts to make substitution yeah. guys go in and go out like yeah, <laughs> it, i see them be running in from the little yep. i don't even know what they call it like the stabby saying the stands but you know they're in the <laughs> stand area whatever the case may be and they yeah. gotta go exactly like guys will sub in and out as the play is happening uh it, it's a strategy of like okay if if we can't get offense here let's just dump the puck to the other end let's do a quick mm-hmm. line change and then like we have fresh guys like if you want to see strategy if you want to see just pure skill if you want to see power if you want to see masterful defense you want to see a six to five game do you want to see a two to one game that's a defensive <laughs> battle like hockey gives you all of that and it can happen on any given night and that's what i think in sports has always been something that's uh alluring it's not scripted, but it feels like it's scripted sometimes, you know, in terms of like a Hollywood, Hollywood writers cannot write some of the stories we've seen in sports over the last few years, like the 2016 Cavs, uh, like the 2019 St. Louis Blues, actually, and their uh, immaculate cup run, the 2018 Capitals and their cup run as an organization that just kept losing and losing and losing until they finally won. Like Hollywood writers can't write that. 
and with some of the movies they make a year, on a yearly basis, you <laughs> you doubt they can write movies themselves. But yeah. in, in terms of sports, like everything you would get in your other sports, you can find it in hockey. It's just different rules, different ways, different players. And I really do recommend that people watch it. If you want the purest form, playoff hockey. Play, playoff hockey. Because uh, for me, wh- when I first discovered hockey, I was like a, I was pretty young. I was like 10, 11 years old. Like that may not seem young, but for me, it was young to witness it. And I didn't appreciate it at first. But my sophomore year in high school, the 2013 NHL playoffs was, for me, I hold it fondly in my heart because of how wild the, the entire playoffs were. Of course, my favorite team ended up winning the cup too, Chicago Blackhawks. I'm, I'm keeping it real. But the wildness that happened in the playoffs. In the first round, we had three seven-game series. Uh, in the first round, the seven seeds in both the West and Eastern conferences beat the two seeds. In the second round, the eventual champion Blackhawks, they were down three to one against the Detroit Red Wings, and they came back and won game seven in overtime in Chicago. Uh, In that same second round on the Eastern Conference side of things, you had the Rangers and the Bruins. That's an original six matchup, as was the Red Wings and the Blackhawks. So you had the modern players of today in those series, but then you had the original six. So you had the perfect combination of what's new and then what's tradition, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the conference finals, you had the Boston Bruins against Sidney Crosby in the Eastern in the East. And in the West, you had the Blackhawks against the defending champions at the time, the Los Angeles Kings. And then you get to the Stanley Cup finals, Bruins, Blackhawks, original six tradition, superstars, all, all of it. And game six. And this is how it goes, boys. Um, the Bruins are up two to one, right? Mm-hmm. About minute 17 left in the game or so minute, minute 19, like, 76 seconds. We'll say that. It's easier for me. 76 seconds. The Blackhawks tie the game, right? 17 seconds later, with a minute, with under a minute to go, the Blackhawks score again. They take a three to two lead. And I think the call was perfect where the commentator said the Blackhawks have snatched victory from the hands of defeat. And they are, they are the Stanley cup champions. Like that run encapsulated hockey for me in such a profound way. It took me from just a regular fan mm-hmm. to the the quote-unquote guru, guru slash guy <laughs> slash whatever uh title i'm given to this day so if, if you really want to get into it obviously watch the regular season to keep up you know have some notifications if you end up following a team i me and uh one of his friends jb we helped couch coach have a team mm-hmm. for this uh for this season yeah. uh he's he's rocking with the vegas golden knights uh <laughs> if you want to you know try try to do that try to find something like that you can but if you want the purest form of hockey it's the playoffs because I've said it before and I think this is controversial. So maybe I got to get on cruise Island one of these times again. Um, (laughs) I will take game seven of the Stanley cup finals over game seven of the NBA finals. Oh yeah. You're going to have to argue about that. (laughs) We will, we will, we will at one point, but game seven of the Stanley cup finals to me, it's such a rarity where when it happens, it's, it's literally art on ice. Like, so that's why that that's part of the reason why I think like, if you're thinking about getting into hockey, give it a chance. I definitely, yeah, that's, 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 you know, yeah, as I say that, that's why it's a little controversial, but I can see it because I feel like in some part of the back of my mind, I remember, um, Jared, you know, that, that moment that you were talking about in 2013 when they came back. Cause I just remember a specific game. I remember watching on sports center or something to where they scored two goals, like that quickly to be able to, you know, snatch, you know, snatch a win. So it might be that one. And I think it, you know, I think that's the one that's like I said in the back of my mind that, that resonates with me. But um, yeah, for for sure, I, I definitely think I was gonna actually do the same thing um, 
you know, coach did, but I was like, I ain't gonna copycat. I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm a, since I got family moving to the Tampa Bay area, I'm probably just going to end up adopting that. You okay. know, I feel like that's a little, you know, cheap cheating just because like, <laughs> you know how people say like, you just want to hop on the bandwagon right. one that's, you know, that's up top right now. But you know, I guess that's what I'm gonna ride with for next well, season. There, there's or, also the Florida Panthers, which this season it has been arguably the, the best team they've ever put out on the right. ice. You know, okay. going back, going back to the awards that we mentioned their mm-hmm. their current coach, uh, Co- uh, Coach Q, as us Blackhawk fans call him, because he was mm. the coach for our three cup runs, <laughs> shedding a tear. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job with them over the last two years, and he he, he he's only won Coach of the Year once in his career, and that is blasphemous wow. to me for a guy. I think he's second on the all time wins list in hockey in NHL history. So he he should probably win that award again because he's taken the Florida Panthers, a team traditionally it. In hockey, you know how in like basketball and football, we like we always mm-hmm. have our jokes. Like the last two decades, it's always been a joke. Like how are the Cowboys? How are the Knicks? How are these mm-hmm. teams going to blow it? The Florida Panthers for the last decade or so have lived in the <laughs> purgatory of they are going to be five points out of the playoffs at the end of the regular season with two wow. games in hand. And mm-hmm. it's not going to be enough because you only get four points even if you mm-hmm. win both those games. games yeah. So they, they have lived in that purgatory. And they have actually gone toe-to-toe a few times with Tampa Bay this season in their games. And they've been competitive for the most part. So this is the best team their franchise has ever put out there. A lot of people are saying uh, Coach Q deserves a lot of recognition for it. And mm-hmm. it, if you if you feel like you're bandwagoning with the Lightning, because <laughs> they are a dy- dynasty-type team, right now. You, can, you can run with the Panthers. They have some great superstars there, too. Yeah, I might think about it. I might roll with the Lightning just because I need some type of winning on my side. Right, <laughs> uh, being an Atlanta fan, so I might I might have to just just do that one that for the one time. And I can't blame I can't blame you honestly. Yeah, <laughs> and I might actually be able to go to a game as well, so I, I might I might do that. But definitely, um, you know, hockey talk isn't over with. We're actually switching up things today, and the game at the end of the day that we typically would play with our guests is actually getting put on us, me and Thad, to you know try to guess and, and figure out some things. So we actually got two two games that we're going to be playing today. Um. One where in Coach chimed in Golden Knights, like I said, number two in the rankings this uh this week for Jerg. But um, we're gonna play two different games. One called Name That Guy, which I guess we oh, can play boy. first. Yeah, it's gonna be a struggle probably for me and that. So I, I definitely <laughs> I kept it down to to six people. I'm pretty sure Jerg could have threw a lot more at us, but you know, definitely wanted to keep this you know to where we me and that don't look you know crazy. So let me <laughs> go ahead and share the screen real quick. Um, about the guys, you know, that we'll be having to guess in one second. All right. Here we go. In the meantime, Thad, like uh, b- before you go, how do you think you're going to do? Pretty terrible. Uh, I, think <laughs> I, only, I think I only know two players and it was because how good they are. One, I think one's still playing and one's retired. Right. Mm-hmm. Once the Thrashers kind of canceled their team, I went to a couple games when I was young, I remember, mm-hmm. but once they canceled the team, I kind of fell off on the sport. Right. So I don't know much. I do not know much, but we're going to give it a try. Yeah, right. that's all I was saying. Me and Thad both, I never got to, I guess my, my parents went to a Thrashers game once. But other than that, what we got, we got a, I don't even know what they're considered. I know it's probably part of one of the leagues like that you said, court. but you know, they play, they used to play at, uh, what's Infinite Energy Center now, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't even remember their name. They're like black and red, uh, <laughs> but it's some type of like lower level division team. Like, so you probably mentioned the type of league they play in now, but that's really, I think, all we got. And if we don't have, I really ain't heard the, or them in the last two years. So we might not even have them, no more, honestly. <laughs> so, but all in all, let's play the game. Like I said, name that guy. And then we also got the, the game afterwards to where me and that were trying to guess 
um, the most common, you know, terminology in, in hockey as well. So I guess for us to, to guess or go first or whatever, we'll just say puck. So whoever <laughs> feel like they know the player first, we'll say puck, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and give that give that guy's name. This yep. first one, I'm a I'm probably gonna be quiet, but I'm gonna let see if Thad um, knows who this guy is. But Jared, I'll let you take it away. Um, kind of you know, it's the game and go forth with it. Okay, so uh, I sent to Jelani uh, a number of players throughout, you know, the big names in hockey history. The thing is, like, I, I wanted to be fair. I'm not going to give, like, a random name, like a, Vlad- mm-hmm. a Vladimir Sabatka or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be too random. That would be unfair. So <laughs> all of the guys that I have that uh, Jelani has pictures of are either Hall of Famers or, as Thad alluded to, like, one or two of the guys are still playing, but they are going to be Hall of Famers mm-hmm. when they retire. So the first player on the screen is a Boston Bruin. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one of the most iconic photos, if not arguably the most iconic photo in NHL history, where he scores not just the game-winning goal, the Stanley Cup-winning goal. Oh, wow. So, the, uh, Boston Bruin, a defenseman. If it helps, I'll give the position. I'm not sure it will, but he's a defenseman, <laughs> and he scored uh, the Stanley Cup-winning goal. So, what wants- year is this? They don't look like they're wearing any type of hip. <laughs> Um, they, they won two cups. So I'm trying to remember. Uh, this is potentially the 1969 finals or mm. either the 71 or 72 finals. Boston. I'm not on this one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm on this one either. Give me, uh, give me the first letter of his first name. Let me see if I can. Uh, so first letter of his first name is B and the first letter of his last name is O. Uh, I was going to say something. I don't even want to try to get, I was about to say like Brandon Ovechkin. Or something. <laughs> it's probably not, that might not even be a person's name that plays hockey but it just sounded like it, it could possibly be so i'm i'm conceding on this one i'm pretty sure that is as well so you can just go ahead and give us that so the answer to this one is bobby Orr. he scored the stanley cup winning mm. goal for the boston well, bruins i this feel one, like that yeah yeah i've heard the last name you know right. yeah. or i feel like i've heard that some way some form but i had to give a, i think this one and one other one are like kind of challenging because they're like mm-hmm. much older players mm-hmm. but i just have to put them up there because like when you're talking about like the greats of the game like you i think nhl that. fans would be coming after me if i didn't put him on there so exactly all right next we got not too sure but i do know he plays for the detroit red wings if Boom. i'm not yeah. there we go yep yeah. uh for, former captain for the detroit red wings multiple time mvp multiple time scoring champion uh his nick uh his nickname is mr hockey so wow so i feel oh. like this should be something that's at least one that i should know like i said I, i'm gonna probably know some of the newer guys for sure but i definitely right. if his name is mr hockey i feel like i should if i, I even know the name of the sport i should know so I'm like gonna, i said these are older guys like don't don't beat yourselves up like ho- hockey fans like this, this is something you learn after a while don't worry about it bad i yeah. saw i don't know what i was doing but i ended up on a uh, article about hockey and he was on it his name is i don't know his full name but i know his first name is like gordon something pretty close pretty close Pretty close. I, I kind of want to give it to him on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah we'll give you half a point that yeah. he knows the first name. It's more than what I know. So, <laughs> so the answer to that is that is Gordy Howe. Uh, he he is one of the most influential players in the history of the game. Uh, there's actually a term in hockey named after him that we'll get to in our game, in our second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a term named after him, and he's very influential because uh, a lot of guys that came in the next generation, such as Wayne Gretzky, looked up to him because of how great of a player he was. And he played a pivotal role into what is now currently the NHL Players Association being founded. So big guy for the for the history of the game. Makes sense. Makes sense. Gordie Howell, I said. Yep. All right. Yes, sir. Gordie Howell. Next we oh. got. So it gets a little bit easier. A little oh, yeah. bit easier. A little easier. So, easy as I need the, <laughs> so obviously hoisting the cup. He's on the Rangers. Uh, six-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, that... 
so here's the thing. His name came up in our group chat a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. Uh, maybe like a week or week and a half ago. Thad, I don't think you were added in the chat yet, so I'm not going to... So yeah, you're not penalized, but I am. J- Jelani, I'm looking at you like <laughs> I-, I brought up his name. So Jelani, if you remember w- uh, the whole Patrick Ewing thing with him not being allowed in like MSG easily because of the, mm. the, during the tournament. Mm-hmm. So Jeff brought up this player's name as a hockey comparison for oh, you know for what he did with the rangers jesus i remember <laughs> that conversation but you know the group message moves so fast and we talk about like 30 topics a day so i know i i know i'm a blow and i forgot it oh my gosh he looks so happy too and i feel like i should know his name jesus yeah nah i can't i i, I don't even want to take a guess i can't even take a guess not the I'm over three for right now. That got half a point on me. What's his name? <laughs> so this is Mark Messier, a former Edmonton Oiler, uh, okay. won won five Stanley Cups with the Oilers and was the captain of this one with the Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe still to this day the only player in NHL history to be the team captain for two different teams that have won the Stanley Cup. So makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I got these names jotted down. I'm definitely going to be more aware if I ever have to do this again. This one. Oh, I can. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they're brothers in a sense, but I could still be wrong. I know when you sent this to me, you said two for one, um, price was two for one. So, so two for one for legends. So these they're not brothers, but their hair makes you think it. So I cannot blame exactly. you. Uh, so they're both two of the best in the game, uh, in the history of the game. Uh, the one on the left is the older of the two. Mm. He retired quite a, quite a long time ago. The one on the right is probably still somewhere in this world playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but they they helped lead the pittsburgh penguins to back-to-back stanley cups in the early 1990s so that's why they are there and they that is again when you talk about infamous hockey photos mm-hmm. the, back to back backs to the Excellent. cup like that yep. that's where the joke is with the exactly i should have did a, a I, I probably should have did one because i knew the, the team because i knew the jersey so i probably should have should have changed up the game and been like name that jersey or name that team i probably would have got yeah. it right <laughs> but uh yeah, I try to make it make it hard for both of us on this one. Dad, you got you got this one. Um, I'm out, man. This one looks like they took this picture in 1970 or 60. So <laughs> I can't. I have no idea. I have We're all no 2010 idea. and up, guys. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I I apologize. I apologize, fellas. I apologize. No, nah, it's not even on you. It's, I I may I want you to you know give us some guys, and I wasn't gonna do no re like not no research, but I wasn't gonna want to. Obviously, I got sent the pictures. I wasn't gonna try to look them up, try to cheat. So I was like, let me just go in with you know being as genuine as possible, and you know we're we're we're, we're getting to the guys. I feel like I know soon, so oh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll let you. I think, the, la- I think the last two or three, I think you guys will dev get. So I'll just run mm-hmm. through these two. Uh, the one on the left, at least on my screen, I hope it's the left for everyone else. Uh, the one mm-hmm. in the black jersey, I'll say that. Uh, that is Mario Lemieux. Uh, mm-hmm. Alongside Wayne Gretzky, many argue for him being maybe the greatest player of all time. He is, if, oh, wow. if you don't consider him the greatest, he is probably the most talented player of all time mm-hmm. in terms of just pure hockey talent and skill. He he was an absolute force in the NHL. If, if Wayne Gretzky had not existed... Mario Lemieux would, without question, be the greatest of all time. Uh, and then the one in the white jersey, the younger one, Yarmir Yager. Uh, <laughs> he he is, you know, I joke with him still being playing hockey somewhere because he has played hockey well into his 40s. Uh, at this point, I think he's like 46, 47. Tom and there, there are still, mm-hmm. yep, there are still rumors that he could come back and play yet again in the NHL, which if he were to do that, if this would end up being the fourth decade 
Uh, if he plays oh, in the wow. 2020s, it would be the fourth decade where he's played in the NHL specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he could do that, that'd be great. It actually wouldn't be the first time because Gordie Howe, one mm-hmm. of the earlier players, he actually played in the NHL in five different decades. That's so, wow. Yes. So, wow. yeah. The, again, two, two, two of the all-time greats and two of the most offensive dynamic players you've ever seen. To, to Thad's question earlier, uh, when I went into, like, if I could pick a player other than a goalie, who would I pick? One of these two guys would be like right up there in terms of what they could do because that's how good they were. That's crazy, I guess, to, to hear that, you know, even with hockey being such a physical sport, probably demanding on the body, that's, there's guys playing with, well within their 40s. But, you know, I guess that it's, with certain sports, there's anomalies and guys, yeah. can, you know, take care of their bodies and, you know, play as long as I guess they feel like they need to. I believe in um, you guys on this one. I believe in you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe as well. <laughs> I'm like, we're both probably going to say puck at this point. So puck, um, Sidney Crosby. Yep. Hopefully, there we go. I was yep. like, knew, knew the Penguins jersey, knew the '87. It, it's it was you know it's kind of written in stone. Like this, this is probably the first guy that I, I you know, yeah. could recognize easily or, or even knew a lot about you know, right? With with hockey in general, like that's probably he's probably the guy. Like, even though I haven't paid attention, paid attention, like which even made me like look because I would always see him, you know, Sports Center or Top Ten or something doing just doing something you know, incredible. I think like with him, if I if you can correct me if I'm wrong with like I guess with the teams that he was on, I don't know if he used like they would always get close to winning but never get over that hump. Like when he you know first started out playing with them, or was it opposite? So uh, Sid and the Penguins. So it was very interesting. So he was drafted after the lockout, mm-hmm. and he was one of those guys perceived to be one of the saviors in hockey. One of the reasons he's been hated on for a lot of his career was because the NHL essentially anointed him as one of their next guys in the face of the league coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually found success very early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 2008 season, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, but they lost to the veteran yeah. Detroit Red Wings. And then the very next year, they actually won it. And then there was a gap between when they would win again. So they've actually had a good amount of success. Uh, mm-hmm. If do we have do we have one player left or two players left on this? Two, two. Okay, mm-hmm. so potentially this next guy could be that player you're alluding to, where struggling to get over yeah. the hump before finally yeah. getting it. It could, yeah, definitely. Yep. Him, yeah. Yep. And Puck. we got Puck. Yep. That's uh, what we've got. Like like Jelani said in the last one with Sidney Crosby, this is one of the guys. Like I don't watch hockey much, but when I'm when it appears on Sports Center, I'm watching it while baseball's going on because you know the playoffs are during the same time. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about this guy or this team, but uh, Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there is there's this guy in high school with me. I forgot his name. He used to always talk about him. He used to get on my nerves, but because of that, <laughs> like I know exactly who he is. And like I was gonna allude to what you were saying. Um, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame, one of these great players, uh, generational type players. And what was it? One or two years ago, they finally yeah. got over the hump and won the Stanley Cup. Yes. Yeah, in 2018, after y- years of losing in the second round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. like it would be constantly and not just in like sweeps. They I think the, him and the Capitals lost in the game seven in the second round, like three, four times in his career. Mm-hmm. And it was always almost always funny enough to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. I actually think of the Penguins' three Stanley Cup trophies with Sid, I think they've beaten the Capitals on the way to all three of them or at least two of the three. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the longest time, it was like a stick in the craw in the career of Ovechkin where it's like, hey, MVPs, scoring trophies, a generational sniper, but you don't have the ring yet. And then mm-hmm. finally, 
finally they got the championship. That was it's when when we talked about earlier, like the feel good in sports. This is one of those feel good moments that like when the Capitals finally got there, yep. all of us wanted them to win. Like I wanted the Capitals to win so bad that year because like for for a guy like that, I hate seeing amazing players go ringless. And exactly. if that had happened to him, it would have been like just a tragedy. So when he finally got it, it, it was a big moment. I remember that as well. So. See, in the last one, I'm pretty sure you said we should we should know this one. If not, you know, I've dropped his name a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a fire me from the show, Puck. Uh, yeah, you got Wayne this one, Gretzky, of course. Yep, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, yes, sir. I guess. Um, well, the other dude's name, Mister Hockey, but I guess you know the overall face, or you know what that you've been saying, probably the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, you know, person to put on skates. So, yeah, yeah, eight eight time. MVP winner, mm-hmm. uh, the only player to ever record 200 points in a season, and he did so four times in his career. Uh, fun fact, if you take away all his career goals, so in hockey, goals and assists are two separate stats, and they lead mm-hmm. up to points, just like in soccer. If you take out all the goals he ever scored in his career and just had his assists, he would still be the all-time point leader in NHL history. Yeah, so... Yeah. Even if you take out all the goals he ever scored, he would still have more points than even everyone who scored goals. He he was so unique for his time, not because he was he was not physically intimidating or better than his contemporaries. Like Mario Lemieux was actually bigger, stronger, and faster than Gretzky. But the way he saw the the puck, if I had to compare what his IQ was to like basketball per se, mm-hmm. it would actually be like a Larry Bird to where Gretzky would pass it to where his teammates were going to eventually be and he would hit them perfectly he he was really ahead of his time in terms of understanding the game mm-hmm. and being uh a pure like he was goal scorer obviously first time because he's the all-time goal leader but mm-hmm. he was also such a dynamic playmaker in terms of creating for others like i think that's probably the most underrated thing about him uh was his playmaking and of course he earned the nickname for all he ever did he earned the nickname known as the great one which mm-hmm. is coined the term in hockey uh, going back to some of the prospects, the prospect talk we talked about before, there's a term in hockey now called the next one, mm-hmm. where if you show signs of being a generational type uh, y- young player, you will be anointed as that in your junior career as like, OK, there's expectations now. And ironically, the last player to earn that title was Connor McDavid, who mm-hmm. now plays for the Edmonton the Oilers. Oilers. So yeah. it's it's almost perfect, really. Okay, sir. Yes, sir. And. With that, it wraps up this game. We'll move on to the next one. I think what I get, well, I knew three, got two. That what one and a half, two. Yeah, one and a half. We're, we're coming in close, close, closely tied. Um, but next game, like I said, we'll, we'll uh call it what's that term? So Jerry would just give us, you know, few hockey terms. We'll try to, you know, like I said, we'll say puck again. We'll try to see if we can guess and see if we're right on what that you know terminology is or or means in the hockey world. Okay, so. I'm going to start off with one of the simple uh, one of the ones actually alluding to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. So this is the definition of this term. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of like some of this is is hockey terminology, but also hockey slang for like people who have like watched the game for so long. We're used mm-hmm. to saying this. So if if you ever have to watch a hockey game alongside me or like listen to me ever talk about it, like if mm-hmm. if I use this term, just know a certain player is performing really well. So Here's what it is. Uh, a goalie is making a lot of saves and keeping his team in the game slash the lead. So this is essentially a, a goalie is having an all world kind of night. And we have a specific way in hockey to say to, to say that. I want to 
because this might actually that's like a that's like a soccer though so i don't even know if it, if it aligns or is the same and i don't even know if it's really considered slang i'm just gonna go ahead and try it i'm just gonna say puck um i was gonna say saves but i don't know like it, it's probably not that because it's, that's probably too easy but i know like in soccer like obviously they, they, you know they, they shot at a goal they're saving and it's a save or whatever the case may be but you know i'm probably wrong dad what you got Nothing. <laughs> what I was gonna say was gonna be completely. I, I really, I don't. I'm, I'm interested to see what he says for this. So it's not saves technically because I mentioned the word saves in the yeah. sentence. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so the term itself is called stand on his head. So when we say a goalie is standing on his head, it essentially means it's like no matter what shot is thrown his way, he is stopping it from being scored. He is having that all world night. When you talk about like some of these guys, it's like they make 45 saves and they allowed like zero goals, like let's say, or only one. That is when you say so-and-so stood on his head that night because he was essentially just a brick wall. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Like I said, yeah. can't, can't, can't be the word if the word is in definition, but yeah. makes sense. I said, all right, cool, cool. And also to be fair to you guys, like, again, like th th this is hockey terminology I'm teaching y'all. So it's like, you know, it, you're going to hear a lot more of this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so this one, these next two are going to be a little bit easier. So mm. uh, si simply put, this word is another way to say, to call uh, an assist. So when a player obviously yeah. gets an assist on a goal, this this word is another way, instead of saying assist, it is. Puck, I got this one. It's called an apple. I heard yes. it yeah, I heard that. I heard that before somewhere. As soon as you said that one, I had that one. That's awesome. I don't know why it's called an apple, but. Yeah. <laughs> if. I actually don't know. <laughs> I'll be real. I'll, I'll admit it. I actually don't know why, but I, I'm very excited that you guys got that one. Very, very excited. Okay, so that's cool. So this next one. Uh, so one of so on a hockey net, there mm -hmm. are when a goalie is there. Essentially, there are five goal scoring areas mm -hmm. uh, around it. This specific area is the one where if you get a goal in between the goalie's legs, it is called. No, I would say you said that. You said that you know hockey is similar to soccer. I can't. I don't think it's the same thing, <laughs> um, because obviously in soccer it's called a nutmeg, but that's just putting the ball between the person's legs in general. It don't even have to be a goal scorer. So right. I don't think I got that one right. That what you think? Um, I don't know for this one. You said the top half of the net. No, no in between his legs, right? In in, in between the goalie's legs. Yeah. I do not know this one. So the answer is that it is. We call it a five hole. So, oh, okay, so, yeah. In in between the goalie's legs, it's called a it's called a five hole goal. That so, makes sense. I guess. Yeah, that's that's one of the areas. Is that, that, the, is that the hardest area to hit a goal in, or it, it, it depends? Because like there there are certain points to where it's like if it, if you catch the goalie on like a rebound and like their legs are open, you shoot for there. So it's like mm -hmm. it, it's hard to say because certain goalies are better in certain ways. Like certain goalies are great with the glove, and like certain guys are great with the, with uh. I guess my pen it will be the mm -hmm. stick. So great with the stick. Like it, it all depends um, on that. end Cause the other areas are glove high, glove low, and then stick mm -hmm. high, stick low. So yeah. those are the other areas. It really kind of depends on the goalie. Cause a lot of the goalies now, no longer are they like stand up goalies, which mm -hmm. they were way back in the day as the game evolves. Guys are now more butterfly goalies and right. there are different like styles of butterfly. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, but butterfly goalies, it's it's 50 50 because they crouch down more, but they also mm -hmm. have to open their legs a lot. So you yeah. could potentially get a good amount of five hole goals uh, if they're not disciplined. So there's that. Uh, OK, so this one, I think I don't think this one will be too bad. Uh, 
a pass that leaves the ice. So a pass to your teammate that where the puck leaves the ice for a moment to make it harder for your opponents to intercept the intercept the puck. Puck, I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's probably completely wrong. Is it a lob pass? No, no, no. You, you're, I, I like the the thinking you're kind of doing there, mm-hmm. but it's it's not a lot. You you kind of are lobbing the puck in air, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a the word itself is not lob. And say that one more time. You said it's a, a pass. It the ice, right? Uh, yeah, a pass where like the puck kind of like leaves the ice to make it harder for uh, a def- someone on the other team to take it away. If you want the word, the word begins with the letter S. A shot? No. That's, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, yeah, at the goal. Let me see. S, S. Sauce? Was that right? No. <laughs> it is a sauce or saucer <laughs> pass, but a sauce is correct. A sauce pass. Okay. okay. Yes. yes, sir. Got one. That's <laughs> cool. That might Ta- be it for me, though. Ta- <laughs> Tied tied up in the in the definition department here, so we're gonna go with all right. Uh, we're gonna go with two more. So this one I was alluding to a little bit before. So this is a term used on a night where a player records a goal, an assist, and a fight all in one game. What is that term called? There's an overarching term where a player got a goal and assists and a fight all in one night. I would say hat trick. Uh, I was about to say I would say hat trick. So, like... so, so, so here's the thing: hat trick is in that word. Mm-hmm. There's another phrase in front of it. Another phrase in. Front. Yes, there. Uh, there's a name in front of it. Like a person's name. Yep. Uh, if it's a person's name off of hockey, you say every a lot of stuff is based off hockey. We I'm we have we have said his name recently. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. It's one of the guys, obviously, from the other game. <laughs> <laughs> But which guy could it be? Oh, who was Mr. Hockey? Gordy Howe. Let's go with Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe hat trick. Correct. Yes, sir. A Gordy Howe hat trick <laughs> is when a player records a goal and assists in a fight all in one game. Uh, Gordy Howe was a great scorer, obviously, for his time, uh, but he was also a very physical player. When he first started playing, the game was way more physical. So he was a guy that, you know, very easily just go at one another. Um, you know, bump into one another, get into a couple fights. Obviously, mm-hmm. like he 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 was he was one of those guys from back in the day. So that that is Gordy Howe, Different the Gordy Howe hat trick. Yes, yes. And then of course you you have a regular hat trick when you score three at least three goals in one. It is not called the Gordy Howie. Yeah, yeah. And oh, and honestly, like it probably depends on the guy, but certain players, I would honestly argue, a Gordy Howe hat trick. Like you had quite the productive night. You, you may not have gotten those two other goals, but an assist and a fight, you were you were busy that day. <laughs> Uh, so this will be the last one that I test you guys on, but mm. there's one more that I want to say after, just because I think it's a, it's kind of a, at least when I mm. found it, it was pretty funny to me. Yeah. So this word, it is a movement. It's essentially a fake in hockey when a, when a player, when you essentially get a defender like out of position by doing a move with your stick. Think of it as the hockey version of a crossover. The hockey version of a juke. Say that one more time. So it's, it's a, it's a fake slash move that you do on a against a defender to where you use your stick to essentially fake them out, you know, like kind of go one way, like fake going one way or the other, or just like a trick with the puck where it's like you, you essentially get yeah. the, you see what the dad said. Jamal. Yeah, I, was say, I, was what I, I just said that too, but I don't know if he's making fun of me or if he was trying to guess as well. So uh, that, it is not can, the answer. Yeah. A juke is not the answer. That's why I was like, I, I feel like he was trying to poke at me, but he, he could be trying to guess. I don't even well. have a word for it. Would you like the first letter? Yes, yes. Yeah. It begins with the letter D. Dive. 
<laughs> no, that's another term, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm yeah, um, on this one. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You said you're this, you're doing it with the stick, right? Yes. I feel like I've heard this. I know a little bit. About right. If that gets this, he wins. If the two percent. Yeah. I know. I think this might be right. Trying to use my brain a little bit. It's the stick and you're moving it around. Dangle? Dang. Ooh, very, very close. Very, very close. So a dangle is like kind of a move. I could, I kind of want to give a half point because it's very close to, to what it is. So I'm going to give you a half point on that. So the overall thing is a deke. Uh, a deke? Yes, D-E-K-E, deke. But dangle is like another, it's another move. But the, the main thing I was referring to was uh, just a basic deke where it's faking with the puck. A dangle is more so a specific motion with the puck. A deke is like just a just a quick fake out with the stick, like you get fancy with it. Uh, quite quite a few guys. It, one of my favorite compilations, like I just like watching Deke compilations of hockey <laughs> players. A lot of sick hands throughout the history of the NHL, especially the last few years. So if you want to get into hockey, do yourself a favor. Check out some of the guys that have like just sick hands. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So, yes, so one last term I'm going to give you guys. I'm not going to have you guys uh, like if you if you guys want to try to guess it, you can. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, a player delivers a hit so hard that some of the equipment on the person they hit actually flies off of them. I, I heard this before. Really? It's a very common. It, it's it's real. Um, I did have a friend that goes to my school now that used to play hockey. So uh-huh. I hear him talk about it and it doesn't make any sense. Isn't it called like something sale? Um, You're close. Um, it doesn't even make sense why it's named that to me. But <laughs> I think it's, is it, it's not a, it might be a yard sale. I think yes. it, it might be a yard yes. sale. I've heard him say, it doesn't even make sense though, but I remember him saying that. Like when you it's when you get completely like yep. jacked up, pretty much. It it it's so so there's actually another phrase for when you get completely jacked up on a hit. Uh the so I'll go into that uh that one. So another kind of big hit that we call in hockey is called getting cronwalled. Uh it's mm. when a defenseman lays down a massive hit on any other player and they just absolutely knock them to the floor, like essentially like you you almost like the player that gets knocked down essentially like it's going to take him a little bit to get up like that because it was such mm-hmm. a devastating hit and that that hit was named after former Detroit Red Wing defenseman Nicholas Cronwall who was known for just blasting dudes on his hits he was a just a force when he when he picked up some steam and he rammed into you mm-hmm. whew, you <laughs> you were thrown for a loop uh but yes yard sale is the the uh the answer for when you get hit that some of your equipment falls off i think uh, like I said, hockey is a little bit weird sometimes. It's some of that weird yeah. terminology. It's just like you, you, when you think about it, like what could you see at a yard sale? I think this is the mind of a hockey fan. Like, <laughs> So you could see like a, a helmet or like a stick mm-hmm. or like a set of skates or pucks at a yard sale. So like that, that's part of the reason why I mm-hmm. think it's it's called that, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, that so, some incredible oh, ones. There. No, that's, uh, it's only because I just heard him talking about stuff like that. But any other definitions? That might be the only three I get right. Hey, he might I mean, have took, took, took the win. You got it, though. Um, yeah, exactly. I was like, you knew more than I did. <laughs> I took some guesses. I don't even know where the sauce went. Just an S word. Just had to figure something out. But Jelani just took it like, you know what? Yeah. Just figured it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you know, that probably, we've said it hurt. Like, when you saw somebody something, like, you, t- you yeah. took it. Yeah. So I was like, it might make sense. It might be in there somewhere. But definitely, definitely appreciate you for coming on again today, Jerk. Um, you know, no, enlightening us, giving us all your hockey, you know, terms and just knowledge in general. Definitely, you know, more inclined. Of course, we're gonna, you know, check out hockey. Like I said, I'm probably definitely gonna check out some of these, you know, clips and um, compilations and everything that you know you mentioned today. Um, and 
be rooting for my new team, Tampa Bay Lightning, soon, soon, sooner here. So, um, definitely appreciate you, like I said, for coming on. That, of course, as always. Um, just because I, I know, I think you might have to go. I uh, definitely want, like I said, I we all claim you as a sports guru, so definitely want to talk some of this, you know, um, NBA trade deadline. Some uh, of the, if you want to, if you want to go rapid fire real quick, I could go. We might be able to. Um, like I said, definitely wanted to hit on some, you know. I guess one, who do you think, I guess, has won the NFL free agency so far? That I know you might have some, you know, of course, thoughts about this as well. So, um, you know, we'll start with that. You know, maybe a little bit March Madness and trade deadline. Like I said, OB, OBN off the ball network group has been, you know, blowing up since we've been on. And we've been talking about some of the trades, some of the big names. But like I said, first, we'll start off with uh, NFL free agency. Who do you think may have taken it or won so far? So, uh- I'll just keep it simple. I'm going to go with the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you're defending champion, it is very hard sometimes to keep your team together because guys want contracts, guys want to get paid. They've kept almost everyone. The only key players from the playoff run slash Super Bowl that they that are not under contract right now are Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown. You franchise Godwin, and he signed it. Uh, you got Shaq Barrett to a long-term deal. Ndamukong Sue and Gronk on one-year deals. Like, you – I don't think people understand when you look at the history of champions, it's hard for them to maintain it. And the fact that Tampa Bay was able to do that, Brady, of course, restructuring Levante David, uh, he signed a contract with void years. Like a, a lot of us thought that that team was going to break apart. I myself too thought they were going to lose a piece. Yeah. The, the most they might lose is Fournette or Brown. That, that is a massive victory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree, but I'm going to be a little different. I'll pick the giants, but, but like Jerk said for the, for the bucks. Oh, you he know, said the giants. Yeah, I know it's uh, a little surprising. My, my my dad, life. Yeah, he'll like it. But yeah, the, if we miss the next segment, we won't be talking about them unless Lonzo <laughs> gets traded in the next two minutes. So facts, but you know, the Bucks, like I would have the Bucks in there because, like Jerk said, it's hard. Many teams only win one because they can't run it back. You know, like a lot of people say, teams have a small window, but they're keeping it together. So it's the most part, you know. Shout out to the Bucks for not losing anybody. And like you said, losing Fournette and AB, those guys are replaceable, very, very replaceable. But I'm going with the Giants. Um, they addressed a lot of needs. Um, they needed some a number one receiver. Slayton's a good receiver, but they needed somebody else to take the pressure off of him. So they put a big time receiver with Galladay. Got gave John Ross the speech to if he can get it together, he can be a problem. And they shored up that secondary. You know, uh, Joe Judge had the Giants' defense playing lights out last year, and they added some key pieces. So the uh, the NFC East will be interesting to me. The Eagles will be last, but other than that, it will be a race to, uh, first. So. Yeah. Shout out to the Giants. I'm not a Giants fan, not a fan of them at all. I think they had a good offseason. Yeah, I'll never say that. But you know, <laughs> I guess uh, our prez as well, I mean, my dad and, you know, Chris LeBron and, uh, you know, those guys, James. even James Barcia. Yeah, James too. You're in that area as well. I don't know if you're a Giants fan, but. Shout out know, to James. That's 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 one of my guys there. Like they're going to be they're going to be pretty happy with them. Um, but. Yeah, I, I I can never say that. Uh, I feel like Danny Dimes is gonna mess it up some way somehow. You, you, you surround even you know Kyle Rudolph isn't the greatest, probably better than Ingram to me. But you know they got a lot of weapons over there. But you know you still got you still have to solve your quarterback until he he proves otherwise. But hmm. their secondary is scary now. I do like the additions of Dory Jackson. They already had you know pretty solid guys over there yeah. in the secondary um, as well. You know Logan Ryan what you call Xavier McKinney, all those guys. So it should be, you know, pretty solid on defense as well. Still, we'll see what they do in the draft. Danny Dimes is still a problem, though. But like Jerick said, I, I'm a little upset that the I'm got to go with the Bucks as well. But, you know, I for sure thought they was going to be losing, you know, <laughs> at least one guy. Like, and we talked about it. I know you said it, um, that uh, that more than likely they probably wouldn't re-sign uh, Subak. And then, what, yeah, two, they three did. days? Yeah, they did. 
somehow made it work on a one-year tenure. And, you know, I guess just, that's just the magic of Brady. You don't care about the money. He lets everybody, hey, keep these guys, keep these guys here. We're going to win another one. They might be right back in the Super Bowl next year. We'll, we'll definitely see. So I, I think I got to go with the Bucks, Even with, you know, the flurry of signings with New England, they still got a few to figure out on, on their end. And we still have to see what Cam's going to be. I think I'd definitely go with the Bucks, But I guess moving on real quick, um, March Madness, uh, you know, the craziness that is of it, you know, so far, you know, we'll be getting some more of it um, this upcoming weekend uh, in the Suit 16. So, and I guess surprise teams, are you surprised about all the upsets? Just anything, you know, about March Madness? Like, did who do you, I guess, do you see winning the, you know, the chip now? Because I had Gonzaga in Illinois. Illinois got knocked off by Sister Jean and them. So, Right. Uh, who do you, who do you uh, think may win? Um, you know, March Madness this year. Well, just on the upsets, really quick. Like, I think some of the wild thing about certain, some of these upset games, and I think I kind of point to the Texas game as my first example, and then the Illinois Loyal Chicago as the second is mm-hmm. the fact that, like, these higher seeded teams. I know technically with rankings they're supposed to be better, but it doesn't matter when you go out there on the court. But like, you're letting these teams out game plan you and then impact the game and play it the way they want to. Texas only got like 40 shots up in that game. Uh, in their first round game that they lost look back at their game logs this season they are consistently in the 50s 55 60 I think they had like a 70 field goal attempt in a game at least once or twice this season so the fact that like with some of these higher seed teams you're allowing these other teams to beat you like that that's kind of the shocking thing in terms of these upsets and look I I know March Madness is made for the Cinderella teams but like I, I heard a a great comment about this to where it's like, you know, we all love the Cinderella teams for the moment, but then at some point it's like, all right, I want the real contenders here. I want the top exactly. teams. Don't, don't waste my time. Uh, in terms of who I think could win it, uh, Baylor's looked really good all season. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll have a strong chance. And then uh, Suggs and Gonzaga, uh, J- Jalen uh, Suggs is a very talented player. Gonzaga uh, from years ago when they lost to North Carolina, like that's just one of those programs where it's like, you want to see them get the monkey off their back at some point. So I think it would be nice if they, they were to win the national championship. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. But in terms of just like if I wanted a pure f- funny result to happen, <laughs> let's go Oral Roberts all the way, baby. Let's go all the way to Oral straight Roberts, to the yes, beyond and get to the national championship just for just for fun. Like just yeah. just to really throw a wrench in the system. Because how how crazy would like executives at the NCAA would be? Because there are executives there essentially mm-hmm. like amateurism. Exactly. But like how crazy would it be? If Oral Roberts wins, like, how would some of these guys react? Like, Oral Roberts won. <laughs> Not, a lot of people would be mad. Yeah, it's a bit really upset. And I was just about to ask. Well, I was gonna ask my dad. Ask what does you know? Why does no one ever say the seating committee sucks? I know there's a few. Um, after I think Loyola um, upset Illinois, a lot of people were upset, saying like, who saw them play this year and could rank them as an eight seed? Like, you know, they should have been higher. Um, basically, you know, making excuses for Illinois. So I guess kind of like, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, real quick before you know, Thad and I kind of give our thoughts. I think it's just so hard to like rank these teams properly because it's like, uh, how many teams are in NCAA Division One <laughs> college basketball? Like, it's just, like, it's it's just so players. many. Like for the and also at the same time, like here's the thing: it's uh, how much can I really say? Well, I don't care. <laughs> uh, it, it, to an extent, it's like a behind the scenes thing of getting teams in the tournament and getting certain seedings, you know, like mm-hmm. it's all about favors that people do for one another. Like that, there's a little bit of that in terms of like seeding, in terms of votes in, in certain situations, not all 60, technically 68, but like certain teams you may think should have gone in or weren't able to get in and certain seeding may have happened because, you know, just that's the way it goes sometimes. That's the, like I said, like, I kind of did it as a joke, but I'm kind of serious. Like this ain't this ain't amateurism. It's not mm-hmm. it's not just based off of records, not just based off of passion to play and all that. 
No, it's a business. And they put uh, Loyola as a eight seed because they assumed that whoever the first seed was going to be was going to, mm-hmm. you know, just get to the Sweet 16 yeah. and you get more first seeds up there. They uh, Texas as the third seed. I don't know. Maybe they should have been lower with how they, <laughs> they yeah, were. But, yeah. like, the, uh, in, in that case, like, you just hope, like, it, these – they're not blue bloods necessarily, Illinois and Texas, but, like, they want the top teams – to go there. And it's just all about, like I mentioned, when you allow another team to enforce the game plan, you shouldn't, you mm-hmm. don't deserve to win because I- Illinois at one point in the second half, when they cut it to what was the smallest margin in the second half for Loyola, like five, six, I, I never thought that Loyola was going to give it up because they were just a better executing team. And I think come March madness, that's what it's all about. So I think, I think he has a point like seating. Sometimes it's pretty, it kind of doesn't mean anything in certain situations, but what are you going to do? That's how college works. It's the inner workings. That what you've been thinking about the game so far. Um, every year I tell myself the upsets aren't going to happen. Pick all the higher, you know, main, the main higher seats. Like it's not going to happen. And then we don't, I can't even get out the first day, like the first two days, upsets, upsets, upsets. So, mm-hmm. you know, from here on out, I'm not doing that. I'm picking upsets like I'm supposed <laughs> to, but uh, so far looking at my bracket, I'm good. Uh, you know, I have my my final four is Gonzaga and Michigan and Baylor and Houston and all four of those teams are still in it so far so I'm sitting pretty uh you know it's just going to be interesting to see what happens I don't my my championship game is Gonzaga and Baylor which was supposed to be the matchup earlier in the season but got canceled because of covid but mm-hmm. with the way this tournament is going I could see a uh, I don't know I don't know man you know I always got to stick with my guys Florida state I could see them pulling off the upset and making it in but it's really a toss-up. Just been a great tournament, a, a yeah. very, very good tournament. You love to see the upsets. You love to see, you know, like coaches told us growing up when people may, might be intimidated by other teams in bigger schools, like these guys put on their pants the same way you do. And you seen these guys go into games with 100% confidence and they're playing their asses off and it's, yeah. it's uh, they're showing up. So great tournament, you know, my Final Four is good and I see Gonzaga and Baylor battling now for the title. Jelani, as a as a as a fellow youth coach, how many times have you also had to tell your boys that it's like I don't care, like like mm-hmm. you may be facing a quote unquote better talented team, but then it's like look, they do everything the same as you. They're human. Yeah. I'm gonna have that. to tell them that tomorrow, our first game is, or first tournament this uh for this I guess AAU season is tomorrow, and they play a uh, Ron Howard Select or something like that, Ron or Rob, a, a name, but you know I don't think their players are that that great, so. Definitely, and we got practice nice. I'm definitely like you just said. It, it, this year, it's, it's been you know, wild. It's been crazy. I, I could, I knew there was gonna be upset just based off. Obviously, you know, we're still dealing with COVID. Like everything is gonna be played based off of that. You know, some of these teams had a lot of stoppages. Some of these teams, especially like the, the big, bigger name, big, big schools, whether it was because they had COVID protocols they had to take care of, or if the teams that they were supposed to face had protocols, you know. Everyone's season has just kind of been up and down and, you know, hasn't been as consistent as, as as thought. And even with that, though, March Madness, we all know it's one game. And if you're on you're on that game that one day, then it could be it could be your day you know, to have gotten got. So um, it, it's it's been entertaining, I will say the least. I do like a lot of these upsets that's been happening. I like seeing a lot of these teams that's playing that we wouldn't expect to be in the Sweet 16, especially uh, Loyola um, and the type of players, you know, I know everyone's seen them kind of be made fun of. Like they look like, you know, they got dad bods or they look like they're not even in college or, you know, they look like they they play some other sports, like they're office alignment or something like that. So it's really, really interesting for me. Yeah. My, um, I think my bracket's pretty much done, done for. Like I said, I already know I had Gonzaga, Illinois in the, in the finals with Gonzaga winning it. Um, But, um, and I think I had, 
some another team in the final four that's that's not gonna be this as well but um it would be cool to see the matchup i mean you know, me and dad um we had a, a kid that you know went to our school um you know after us uh flag that uh plays for baylor so it'd definitely be cool to see him in the national championship and you know competing for a title so right now i guess the team i am rooting for will be them for that you know for that main reason but you know like you just said it'd be cool to see oral roberts go all the way loyola chicago even because i think um if i'm not mistaken that didn't Tim used to play for them as well? No, he didn't. It looks it's the same colors, but he, he yeah, played for them. he played for UTEP and Hawthorne. Okay. But they have the same colors. Yeah, they yeah, that's do. What I, was saying. Okay. I thought he had went there. I think I thought he had went there and then transferred out. But maybe I, I could be wrong. Maybe he just went on a visit or something like that. So yeah. he but, did. He did go on a visit there. Okay. All right, but I'll say maybe he had two connections, but nah, just one. So hopefully, hopefully Baylor is able to get to that, you know, the championship game and pull it out just based off that one connection. But overall, it's been entertaining. And you know, if the higher seeds do make it in championship game, like you just said, it'd be the businessmen be like or Robert's one. That's crazy. But um, I guess last thing that we'll hit on before we, you know, before we go today. Um, just NBA free agency. Like I said, they've been talking in the in the group chat. I know it's a few guys that got dealt, Vucevic. That whole squad basically gonna have a new starting five in, in about two, three days. Um, forgot that as a, that as a uh, you know Magic fan, but Vucevic is out of there. Aaron Gordon's out of there. Um, somebody else I think got traded. I think Terrence Ross may be next. So uh, yeah. I guess I guess guys that you think that you know haven't been traded yet that you know we should probably keep an eye on that maybe maybe going somewhere. My dad keeps trying to tell me to talk about the Knicks. I'm not gonna do it. Like I said, <laughs> Lonzo may go there. Other than that, I'm not uh, Lowry too. Well, not yeah. to the Knicks, but just oh, they did say Andre Drummond. They're, they're like front runners for him as well. I don't really see. I don't see how or know why really. I guess they could use another big. I mean, Nerlens Noel. But other than that, like I said, that's my that's my little bit of Knicks talk. But who, what guys do you see, or should we? I guess keep on the radar. They may be getting traded in the next few hours, and um. I guess what teams do you think need probably like, you know, the most upgrade or looking to upgrade the most? Uh, Go ahead. Uh, my bad. Uh, it, in in terms of radar, I think you you mentioned the first name that uh, Kyle Lowry, just because of like how like the last twenty four to forty eight hours with all the news that's come out with him, it seems to be like the writing is on the wall. Now the thing mm-hmm. is, is that I'm trying to unless it's confirmed, I'm being very fifty fifty around this time because I think with all the sports. <laughs> um i think i think the thing with all the sports (laughs) is that when it when it comes to uh when it comes to rumors around this time you know who is putting out the information who is giving the information why are they giving the information Mm -hmm. that's that's how i have learned recently to start intaking my news with so i think kyle Lowry. it makes a lot of sense that he could get moved i think he's the number one guy we should all expect to see now in terms of drummond and like maybe a Lamarcus Aldridge type, I'm very 50-50 on that because I think with what Vucevic and Fournier were both moved for, mm-hmm. like I don't see a team giving up that much because because the thing with those guys is that Fournier I think will be a free agent, but Vucevic has years left. Yeah, he's Fournier, a good player. Exactly, yeah. he's a good player. Uh, you know, a good shooting big, but he's got years left. That that's a, that's a value deal to give up those two first because there's still some term on his contract. When you look at an Andre Drummond or an Aldridge, they're both free agents. They're both – well, man, Aldridge is in his older years. And while Drummond has played better, and I think a lot of the guys in our chat, we sympathize for him where it's like he's an underrated player. Mm-hmm. At the same time, his game isn't the perfect fit for today. You need A very specific team needs to trade for an Andre Drummond. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. both those guys are more likely to get moved. A guy I would like to see to get moved, but I don't know if he will because they're in the playoff race still, is DeMar DeRozan. Uh, if he got moved, I would – I would personally be entertained by it. I love DeMar DeRozan. I'm uh, one of our very own Stephen Gillespie. 
Shout out to him and breaking the game. Like he is a big DeMar DeRozan guy. I am too. I think he's underrated in a lot of aspects in the game today because of the modern style of play. Uh, I think if he's moved to like a playoff caliber team, probably be in the East because, you know, Pop, he ain't, he ain't keeping him in the West if he actually does consider getting rid of him. Uh, one of these like middle tier teams could use him. Uh, but just for a team to look out for, if the Boston Celtics don't make a move, then and if they flame out in the playoffs, you got to fire Danny Ainge at the end of the season. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. You, how, how can they accept what this team has now become? Like you, you can try to say COVID, and I understand, but I'm a Miami Heat fan. My team got decimated by COVID, oh, COVID at sure. the very start of the season, and we've we've played our way. Like I, I can't. There's only so much sympathy I can give. Mm-hmm. And when you look at his track record of refusing to make the move to help his team. Come on now. So Danny yeah. Danny Ainge is on the hot seat. If I had to give someone on the hot seat, I know you didn't ask that, Jelani, my bad, but if nah. I had to give someone on the hot seat, Danny Ainge, because it's like, what what are we doing here? What are we yeah. doing? That makes perfect sense because, like you said, it's been so many different – he's had so many different assets, you know, all those firsts that he, you know, collected up. Everybody kept saying move it for, for him. Each and every year we hear move, move, you know, you move one for this person, move one for that person because, you know, what have their first-round picks even really been? You know, and, yeah, aside from Tatum and Brown, who yeah. – who are those first round picks? Yeah, after like, that, it should have been like you should have started dealing some for you know some guys because it's been you know each and every year we just say they need a big man they you can they can use a big man like the person they added Evan Fournier for two uh second round picks so they I mean they add more shooting but that doesn't address the needs everybody keeps saying that they need um so I can definitely see Danny Ainge being on the hot seat you're saying uh other than that the other guys like I already said from Thad's team Aaron Gordon got moved for Gary Harris Archie Hampton first round pick I like Denver. That that Gordon. is really good. That's nice for you. Say you like you like that for who y'all? Yeah, for Aaron Gordon because I don't. Oh, for Aaron Gordon, yeah, yeah. I don't I like that. No, no, no. For the Magic, I'm saying I don't. Wow. I'm not too fond. Of, you know, over the years, my I haven't watched the Magic as much as I used to, mm-hmm. but I'm not very fond of him. I don't think he's that that great of a player. He's a solid mm-hmm. player, but I like what we got from him. R.J. Hampton. Is a I, I remember him from high school. He's a solid mm-hmm. player, so I like to see what he develops into over the years. So I like it. Yeah, it looks like they're going with the R.J. and uh, Cole Anthony type backcourt for the future. Yeah, so I like it. Like, I like Cole Anthony too. And um, other than like I said, Vucevic to the Bulls, they give a window Carter, Otto Porter Jr. two first round picks. Y'all fold. Like I said, y'all squad just looks different. And Terrence Ross looks like he may be out the door next. Yeah, he's but, older player. Yeah, and then the 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 biggest one probably so far right now, I guess for the Blazers, they add Norman Powell. They give up Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. How do you guys feel about that? Really quick, because I I like Gary Trent as a player. Like, I about to say I, I like I like I like Gary Trent. I like both of them as actually. I don't know how much how much burn Rodney Hood was getting because it seemed like they got a lot of forwards like two. He threes. was coming off Achilles last year. Oh uh, yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. But you know. Norman Powell has had a you know pretty hot last few games. What he had like forty something points with no assist the other night, like a week ago. Um, so I mean, it, it's that's interesting for sure. I don't, I don't know if it makes them better though. Like I don't think I don't know if it puts the Blazers over the hump. Like with them, it's always been their big men are always injured, yeah. playing the West. So you know they got to go through a gauntlet of people anyway. I don't know. It's a that's a nice little trade. I don't know how much it you know makes them better. It really feels like it puts them in the same position with a little less depth, in my opinion. I think what it makes them think? worse defensively because like I know Powell's not that bad defensively, but Gary Trent yeah. Jr. has been it's the solid. perfect guy. Yeah, he likes to, to Damian Lillard. Sometimes mm-hmm. he would take the team's best defender, sometimes mm-hmm. well, best wing wing offensive player. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for the Blazers, you're in the Western Conference. Look at who you're gonna have to go up against. Like, let's say you make a run. You need someone to guard Jamal Murray on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you need to have someone that could at least put 
effort on Braun, put effort on Kawhi or Paul George. Like, I think that move makes them worse defensively. I'm not a fan of Luca too. Who's gonna guard yeah. Luca when they play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to add on really quick, um, you know, with the free agents and stuff, Jerk kind of took all the free agents, the ones I mean, not free agents, the people that might be traded, but there's one person out here that I think might get traded before the deadline, uh, Victor Ladipo. You know, mm-hmm. he's not in the Rockets' long-term plans, mm-hmm. so I'm interested to see where he goes. Uh, seems like he's not a happy camper anywhere he goes. I don't know where he wants to go. I, I know Miami was one of his spots. But, but they're not willing to give up assets. They said they can just yeah. sign him on yeah. in the offseason. So. I'll wait I'll wait a few months for him. I, yeah. I ain't giving up anything. That's all that. I was about to say. Yeah, just just wait a little bit. Give him a little deal in the offseason. That's fine. But you And you keep everybody that's on the roster at, at the moment. So. But yeah, other than that, I don't really have too many other people that I'm looking for. Yeah. Where do you think, real quick, Thad, in your opinion, between Miami and Philly, those are the main two teams for Kyle Lowry. Like, mm-hmm. who do you think is more likely to pull the trigger? Well, I just read something that said Philly was out, but I was going with Philly first because uh-huh. that's he's a hometown guy. He's getting, uh, you know, up there in his career, and maybe he wants to bring a ship home to where he's from. Mm-hmm. But the Heat, I think they need a guy to run the show. Um, you know. Uh, if he goes to Philly, Ben Simmons is the predominant ball hander over there, and that's where he strives at. He has the ball in his hands, especially like when Joel Embiid's out and he has the ball in his hands more. But uh, the more likely, I guess, would be Miami. They're looking a little desperate. You know, since Jimmy Butler's gotten back, they've gone on a little tear, but they're still looking to make moves. But right. I don't really have a great answer for that. I yeah, would but say, I see. I would say the Heat or the Lakers, but I saw something about the Lakers saying they would give up Schroeder, uh, THT, and KCP, and I, I'm not, I'm not for that. I don't. Yeah, I'm, don't I'm not a fan of that deal at all. Yeah, I about to say. I guess we'll end with this because you are the Miami fan. Do you want Kyle Lowry, and like, who do you even see them giving up to, you know, to acquire him? Because so, I mean, Gordon Dragic is okay. I guess Kyle Lowry would would be an upgrade. He's I guess old, I could. He's yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's old as well. And it's like you will be giving up, I guess, a little bit of depth, what it seems like. Cause you know, I've heard like two players and maybe a, a pick or something like that for Kyle Lowry, which I didn't even think his trade value was that that high. But what do you think? My thing is like I know a lot of people have been joking about it the entire time because he's been there. But the thing is, is that Miami will not give up Tyler Hero in this deal because mm-hmm. if you're gonna give up Tyler Hero, you're not gonna give him up for a 35, 36 year old point guard exactly. that wants a contract that you're not 100% sure if you want to give the contract because you still think you can make a move in free agency or make mm-hmm. another trade next offseason. You just don't do that. So, like, I know a lot of people have been joking around, like, oh, what is Tyler Hero's value to Miami? I'm telling you, it's not for a 35-year-old point <laughs> guard. Where honestly, like, I know Laurie is better defensively than Dragic, mm-hmm. but what I know it was the bubble, but we're not going to get into that. But yeah. <laughs> Dragic is still a play initiator for the Heat mm-hmm. to where – I don't think the offense takes a jump if it's Laurie versus Goran. Yeah, I don't think it does. Thinking. Maybe the defense does. Now, that's a different story. But also keep mm-hmm. in mind, Miami's missed Avery Bradley essentially the, the entire season. season. Yeah. yeah. So if he can come back, if the Heat stay with him and he comes back, you already have the in-house uh, in-house guy for that. So yeah, why would why would you make a marginal upgrade and give up Tyler Hero? Like that's why like a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. understanding that. So yeah. no, I Hero wouldn't be the guy if they are gonna give some people up. The the thing is that the Heat they've been trying to talk to OKC because I guess they can get one of the protections on a pick move so Miami could get a first back and they could mm-hmm. put it with none Duncan Robinson and like mm-hmm. one of the contracts over exactly. to Toronto for Laurie. If they can make that move. I don't know, man. I love Pat Riley too much. I've put my entire life to that man. Not really, but <laughs> I, my, my entire basketball fandom has been tied yeah. to him. So I, I'm going to trust Pat Riley and what he does. But if, if yeah. we got to give up Hero 
it's a no for me. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Um, yeah, I guess the very last thing I'll say before you know we we sign off. Y'all did add some type of shooting from. I, it's hard to pronounce his name, but from Sacramento, Nemanja Benicia. Oh, Bealicious? Yeah, there we go. You got it for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. So, I mean, maybe that's the insurance. I guess. Wait, if you I, do I'm not. Like, I'm not on my phone now. This is an official deal that's happened. I believe so. Yeah, it's on. Uh, I'm on NBC Sports right now, so I think it happened maybe not too, too long ago. So maybe that's the insurance policy for if you guys do give up Duncan Robinson. Who knows? I think. I think honestly, because I think that's the signal that they're going to move Duncan now in that yeah. Laurie deal. If, if they're awesome. yeah. So yeah. a few hours left to see, but again, like I said, it, it was definitely an action-packed show. Camera just went on towards the end. It's putting me upside <laughs> down, but definitely an action-packed show. Loved having you on as always. Like I said, definitely glad we're able to to do this. Um, you know, obviously first talk starting off the uh, show talking about hockey, but of course, you know, sports guru had to get my man uh, Jerg's uh, opinions on everything else going around the sports world as well. So definitely appreciate you for coming on. Um, let me just you know pay a little bit more bills. Shout out Manscape again real quick for sponsoring the show. Um, yes. Like I said in the beginning, um, if you go to manscaped.com, use code OTBN, that's for Off the Ball Network, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Um, like I said, real quick, I guess before, you know, we head off, Jerry, just, you know, plug everybody into where they can find you, everything that you're working on, shows, um, you know, and just insight about hockey a little bit more. You can yeah. give another pitch if you want. Uh, at JerkK40 on Instagram and Twitter to, to follow me. A big shout out to my guy, James Barcia at Bars Talks. Uh, on Twitter, B-A-R-S-T-A-L-K-S. Uh, me and him, we got a project in the works. We're moving to the the latter stages of trying to finalize it. We're both very excited about it. Uh, that'll be officially announced like uh, through Off the Ball Network. I know Chris has been uh, – Chris, I think Jeff and uh, Rob, shout out to, you know, Jeff and, you know, Cruise Island. Uh, the two of them, you know, James has reached out to them with some, like, help and advice for certain things. Uh w- uh James has reached out, excuse me, I'm stumbling <laughs> my words at the end. I apologize, but no, you know, we got something in the works. I'm very excited for it. You can always catch my weekly power rankings and I'm very happy. I get to check this podcast off the list of mm-hmm. what I've debuted on. Not much left, but you know, I'm making all my <laughs> rounds at the network, but truthfully, I Jelani and Thad, you guys both do amazing work when you guys are on here. Jelani, I've listened. I, I forget which interview it was. I think maybe it was your most recent one that you did. Mm-hmm. Like just like with Chris, you got, you do great work at making a conversation. Like it turns from an interview to like just casual conversation you always mm-hmm. make a guest like feel welcome and comfortable that's a key part to a show and i've felt more than welcome here so i appreciate you guys welcoming me into onto y'all show today i really do you guys of course of course of course appreciate you as always like i said it's just great to always you know talk sports things that when i think you told me because we when we first heard you talk on an interview you know super comfortable so eloquent with the words and just you know it just spewed out just like like gospel i think chris said earlier so was, <laughs> i just i had to ask you i'm like you know where's that comfort come from you just said just honestly just just sports just knowing you know knowing the game loving the game whatever the case may be and, and just being able to just be comfortable with it so i thank you you know for every you know every you know time we you know talk hook up on these these different shows together um you know you just spewing out your knowledge and you know making us feel welcome as well and making it you know just a great show overall because like i said today it's probably definitely one of my favorite top shows um right now at the moment that we you know me and that have been able to do so um, definitely appreciate you for coming on you know you're always welcome back for sure um and that like i said that should do it for another episode of what the game means to me before we head out thad you got anything else that we should add uh no nothing much appreciate you know appreciate you joining us i'm glad i'm happy i could get a little uh extra little hockey knowledge mm-hmm. 
for sure. But, you know, man, just appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, so we'll definitely be tuned in. Like you said, playoff hockey. I know that'll be right around the corner. Um, I know I'm listening. I listen to some of your color casts when you broadcast as well. So you know, you're my guy for hockey. I'm, I'm gonna stay in tune with you and you know, continue to up my knowledge more and more each day. So, but um, like I said, that does it for another episode of What the Game Means to Me. You know, you can find this uh recording and other uh others that we've done in the past on Twitter at WTGMTM Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram at What the Game Means to Me as well. Thank everybody at Off the Ball Network, um, you know, for giving us a platform to speak. Appreciate my dad for tuning in. Um, I know Thad um, gave you a little bit of shine with the Giants, but like I said, we don't do that too much on the show. No Giants are next talk. Um, other than that, everybody be blessed, be safe. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one.